Hello, everybody, and welcome to Turn to Page. What are we doing here today, Raps? What are we doing here in Turn to Page today, Rito? Yeah. You ask me on this auspicious occasion. Yes. What are we doing here? Well, this is a Turn to Page. page. Turn, turn to Page bonus episode. <laughs> For Christmas. Yeah. We got a, a special holiday season uh diversion from the goose bumps into a big boy uh adventure book here game book we are going to be reading through twas the krampus night before christmas it is a full-on like full-on game book that actually has like rpg style rules in it to de like determine mm -hmm. if we can get through it we're gonna have to actually make you know smart decisions instead of like just say yeah i'd like to stay in this waiting room and then the book says oh yeah you idiot good job yeah what happens if i hug the mummy though yeah i feel like if we're presented with like do you want to hug krampus in this book i fully expect just immediate death like they're like oh of course. i know you have endurance points that you can lose but this does all of them because of how dumb mm -hmm. that was and i would be like because of the nature and theming of the book that's fair <laughs> like yes this please. is a point well made as well we may encounter death over the course of this yes. we may encounter trial tribulation harm malady yep. memory yep cookies uh santa claus uh dismemberment krampus Cramp. <laughs> I, fingers crossed. I hope we. I hope we can find just, Krampus. I've a feeling that in Twas the Krampus Night Before Christmas, yeah. he may appear. It, one may think that the titular Krampus shall show up this fine midwinter night. Uh, but yeah, before we get into it, I want to say a huge, like, big thank you to Jonathan Green for uh, allowing us to do this special bonus episode here. So, like, I want to give a big shout-out there. Uh, if you want to go check him out, jonathangreenauthor.com. It's Jonathan, J-O-N-Athan, greenauthor.com. Go check him out. Huge thank you. Very excited to do this. I'm ready. I'm ready to get into some some mm. meaty, meaty choose-your-own-adventure game book action. You want to take Let's us do in? it. Much appreciated, Jonathan. And on the first page here for Twas, we have Twas. The Krampus Night Before Christmas is unlike other books. In fact, it is a portal to a magical wintry world. In an adventure inspired by literature and legends of Christmas. As well as the book itself, you'll need two dice or a standard pack of playing cards, a pencil and a razor using these tools, and a simple set of game rules contained within the book. You will undertake an epic quest to rescue Father Christmas from the anti-Santa Krampus and avert a Christmas catastrophe. You decide which route to take, which risks to brave, and even which of the strange creatures you'll meet along the way and engage in battle. But be warned, whether you succeed in your quest or meet a dire end, will be down to the choices that you make. Will you be able to save Santa? We'll see. Oh no, I hate the, I hate the stakes and like the actual player autonomy that's going to be putting us in potential peril instead of just like. Honestly, throwing a dart at the board sometimes with goosebumps. 
<laughs> yeah, like in Goosebumps, yes, we did end the world a couple of times, yeah. but also some of them are just like, uh, you know, you moved. Like you went missing in a different world, you established a new life and everything's fine. Yeah. Um, all children's dreams forever yeah. are kind of resting on our shoulders right now. Yeah, well, hey. Please come to your senses. The children aren't expecting me. Hey, what are you going to do? Uh, so I guess worth noting, we, we read through the the brief rules before we had started here, just to not, like, not bore with you know going into minutia. But basically, mm -hmm. there are three important stats do you want to walk us through what those stats are? Like, I I know we don't know exactly the the one to one application of them yet, but like, what you want to run through what they are? Absolutely. Our attributes are agility, the measure of how athletic or agile that we are. Uh, if we need to leap across a chasm or dodge a deadly projectile, this is the attribute that will be employed. We also have a combat skill. This is a measure of how skillful you are at fighting, whether it be in unarmed combat or wielding a keen edged blade in battle. And finally, we have endurance. This is a measure of how physically tough you are and how much strength you have left. This attribute will vary more than any other during the course of your adventure. Yeah. So in addition to, we have like base stats. So we have like an agility of six, combat of six, endurance of 20, like just at a base. And then we were given 10 points to allocate how we saw fit. Like we could basically create our character and we opted into uh, going as much as we, you can't go more than five into a single stat uh, added out of mm. that 10. So we went five agility, five in combat, no endurance. We're basically a ripped child. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like we can dish it out, but we are still very much still a child. <laughs> like we can mm -hmm. get knocked flat. So uh that that's the way we went because basically we're gonna be going in the book will give us certain checks uh like i'm assuming i don't know but i'm assuming you know like a chasm will show up or like a trap will spring and then we need to uh employ an agility check in which we roll two dice and if that number is underneath uh the our agility score like there might be an additional mod like modifier that the check implies. I don't know. Uh, if we're under that, then we succeed. If we are not under it, we fail. So having an agility score and a combat score of eleven on paper, when we are rolling two d six, that leaves us with only one failure state, unless mm -hmm. something else, unless something else happens. So we'll see. Hmm. Uh, and we only need hope that nothing tests our endurance directly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing is. If, like, a strong gust of wind shows up and we are not allowed to, like, punch it or dodge it, then, um, <laughs> boy, we actually, we may just slowly lose endurance. But on top of that, we also have, like, we have uh, slots for meals, code words, equipment. So these are all things that we'll be able to pick up over the course of going through the game book that will hopefully modify our stats, make things cleaner, easier, things like that. Meals can replenish our health and stuff if we pick them up. Uh, in addition to two special abilities. They are in the special abilities area, which you actually yeah. like me to read them out for you. Please do. We have two different abilities in addition to those three basic attributes, uh, and we can employ them at critical moments during the journey. So the book will prompt us, do you want to use a charge of X? We have naughty or nice, 
If we find ourselves in a tight spot, we can use this ability to change the nature of the magical world around us. However, it may result in us actually making things worse for ourselves mm. rather than better. Mm. We also have the other ability, the pen is mightier. The ability allows you to avoid coming to blows with an enemy by altering the narrative of the encounter and thereby enabling you to get away unscathed. We can use each of them a maximum of three times during the course of the adventure. Yeah. It's worth noting we have like a, you know, like a tabletop RPG style, like character sheet over on the other monitor here to keep to keep this book sorted. So I'm very excited. I'm ready to get on in here to uh, what is, I guess, page 21, which would be the beginning here. As am I. You want to take us in with the poem before I take back over? Will do. <clears throat> Twas the night before Christmas. When all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled or snug in their beds, with visions of sugar plums dancing their heads. You wake with a start, as the clock in the hall starts to chime. You lie there listening, the bed covers pulled up tight under your chin. Your heart beating an excited tattoo, like a little drummer boy. It is Christmas Eve, after all. Eleven. 12, 13. The crystal clear ringing of the last chime echoes through the silent house. 13 chimes? There must be something wrong with that clock. You're just wondering whether you should go and take a look down when you hear a crash come from somewhere downstairs, followed with a heavy thud. You stay where you are, your body fizzing with adrenaline, wondering what could have made the noise. Are you being burgled? And whether someone else is going to investigate. But after several long seconds have passed without hearing any other of the other bedroom doors open up, your curiosity can take it no longer and you decide to take a look for yourself. Getting out of bed, you pull your, on your dressing gown, over your pajamas, put on your slippers, and quietly creep out of your room. The full moon is visible through the window at the end of the landing, someone having forgotten to draw the curtains upon going to bed. And so, by its wan light, with silent footsteps, you cautiously make your way downstairs. Now turn to one. Oh, from 20 to, what, 21 to one. Okay. At the bottom of the stairs stands the old grandfather clock that just chimed 13. Sprigs of holly and garlands of tinsel adorn it and the rest of the furniture in the hallway. The front door to the house is before you and remains closed. And there is no sign of any, anyone having entered this way. To your right is the door to the sitting room. To the left is the door to the dining room. Do you want to? And we have four options. This is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Examine the grandfather clock, open the front door, open the door to the sitting room, or open the door to the dining room. Oh, boy. I mean, okay, so we... For what it's worth, we don't have any kind of lead yet. Well, is that the case? So the, the front door... Is yes. before us and remains closed. There's no sign of anyone having entered this way. However, we are also asked if we want to open the door to the sitting room or open the door to the dining room. So if we've okay. not heard the sound of a door also closing prior, surely whatever we're looking for is either out in the open or maybe in the clock. I I'm I will say the clock chiming 13. I am I am certainly curious. It is, like, the most, like, we've been slapped with one thing we know that's already off, and we might as well mm -hmm. check check there. So I'm, I'm down to turn to page 78. 
if yar. I yar. Yar. That is, that is a fair assessment. We I gotta get my brain into like actual puzzle solving mode because I would imagine it's gonna be more helpful here today. <laughs> yes, uh, I yeah. I. I have been attempting book. to treat every one of the books in the series so far uh, with a level of respect. Yes. Uh, and varyingly over the course of the Goosebumps series, it has met me at the level that I was engaging. Yes. And here I am ready. I am ready. I am prepared. It's all training for this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. The same way that, you know, Call of Duty will prepare me for war. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you approach the long case of the looming clock and peer through the gloom at its face. The hands of the clock read two minutes after midnight, but you're sure you heard it chime 13. You stare at the scene visible through the cutout window in the faceplate that shows a smiling moon peeping out between clouds and twinkling stars. But as you turn away from the clock again out of the corner of your eye, you fancy that you see something fly across the face of the painted moon. Before you have a chance to take another look, a crash from the kitchen has you turning your attention towards the door at the far end of the hall. Your pulse quickens again. Someone or something is in the kitchen. If you want to run back up to your room, jump back into bed and hide under the covers, turn to 98. If not, turn to 129. Are we ready to be called a coward? Uh, that's the thing. That goosebumps has me traumatized because hiding may be valid here like it might actually be that, valid that that is very very fair right this this may not be one of the circumstances where we need to go in search of the story otherwise it may kill us yeah i mean hmm. other than that we don't i don't know it's mention, necessarily malevolent we don't know it's evil and also we are jacked <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. so like that's the other thing is like we built a character that actually is very very capable so like yes. we kind of know our things if it was like maybe if we played a character that uh that had low combat high agility high endurance it'd be like yeah maybe we should like hide but i think that since we're totally capable i i'm i'm down to turn to 129 if if you are I, I am also, and I also really like this reasoning of like, okay, this is the kind of character that we've built. This is how they might operate in the situation. This person is certainly going to be assured of themselves, although they are young and vulnerable. We've made a uh, muscular wee baby boy. We've made a very muscular wee baby boy. Okay, so 129. I'm just writing this, writing down what we're going through here. Okay. Your heart is hammering against the cage of your ribs. You decide on what to do next. Do you want to hide in one of the rooms downstairs or confront whoever is skulking about in the kitchen? Oh my gosh, like the, the potential branching here? Would you like to enter the mm -hmm. sitting room, enter the dining room, or enter the kitchen? Turn to page five for the kitchen. So not only do we, do we have these options, there's now the forking options here. Like we, don't, we didn't want to head back to our room, but we'd still have the options to go to the other rooms if we wanted. I mean... Mm -hmm. The kitchen is where we know there's uh there's at least there's there's story there but i'd imagine there's yeah. story everywhere i absolutely want to persist through the kitchen again we are this brave extremely strong fetus yeah absolutely we have you know uh a six pack of play-doh and a six pack of abs <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, page five. As you enter the kitchen, you feel a cold gust of air, and then the back door slams shut. Something or someone was just in here. Your pulse starts to quicken once more. Will you open the back door in hopes of catching whoever, whoever was just in here? Search the kitchen for clues as to who might have been here, or run back upstairs to bed and hide out the covers. They did. I do. I appreciate continually getting the option to chicken out. Mm-hmm. It, this this is now a much more interesting uh, dilemma. Do you have any read on on if we should chase, like, because I too I am excited about chasing. But now being presented with the opportunity to potentially loot the kitchen, that is also mm. equally as tempting. Yes, exactly, exactly my read on the situation, especially because we have been, uh, or rather it mentioned earlier in the text, our ability to possibly fight skillfully with a keen-edged blade. Yeah. So, I, fair. Hey, you know, if I was being burgled, I, I feel like going for the knives in the kitchen would be like, I, you know, whenever I'm afraid, I'm like, step one, what's the closest thing to me that's sharp? All right, I'm going to grab a scissors and walk downstairs like that'll work. But then mm-hmm. if I get to pass through the kitchen, I, I do upgrade into a knife. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. This is, this is like normal defaults from like Daisy H1Z1 from Project Zomboid. You need to upgrade your equipment when you find something slightly better. Yeah. So you think in 302? I'm thinking 302. 302 for the 302 clue? Absolutely. Although nothing on the kitchen counters or worktops appears to have been disturbed, there are scuff marks on the floor, smears of mud, and what looks like soot as well. Among the mess, you find two distinct footprints, one made by a human foot and the other a large hoof print, like that of some cloven-footed creature. The sight unsettles you deeply, and your mind goes back to the thud you heard upon waking. When the clock in the hall chimed 13, you start to wonder if the interloper raided the kitchen cupboards and opened them t- and you open them to have a look. There's no sign that anyone rummaged through the cupboards, and the turkey is still in the refrigerator along with the pigs in blankets ready to go in the oven in the morning. But the sight of all those packets of savory snacks makes your mouth water. If you want to help yourself to some of the snacks and make a midnight feast of it, turn to 322. Otherwise, you will open. Will you open the back door in hopes of catching whoever was just in here, or run back upstairs to hide under the bed? I hope we get offered that at the end of every page. Mm-hmm. Or would you like to chicken out, you little baby? Would you like to save Christmas by beheading Krampus, or hide under the covers? Turn to page twenty. Yeah, I mean, how much is time truly of the essence? I mean, it's only thirteen. Exactly. I, but yeah, I mean, we have it. We, I turn my my head. I turn my head to the page on the left, uh, where I see a slot for meals. Mm-hmm. But I don't I'm know. I'm thinking about that. But th- there is part of my soul that wonders, like, if we're gonna immediately yeah. eat, yeah, are we going to be saving a meal at all? You know what? Let's explore this. Let's explore what you know. What loot looks like what an option that gives you loot looks like let's try 322 yeah i i'm i'm down for this is like a you know sticking the finger in the water figuring out the temp uh works exactly for me. 
322. You load the capacious pockets of your dressing gown with enough stacks, snacks for a fabulous feast. Add four meals to mm. your adventure sheet. Okay. Four freaking meals? That sounds great. Uh, hey, uh, you want to you wanna play a little mini sub game here? Absolutely. Like, like, we need to track each of these meals individually. I think we should each come up with four meals so that when we take these out and actually oh. have to eat them ourselves, you know, we're eating beef wellington or whatever so it okay. happens to be. So you, you, want, uh, you want to come up with two each or what? Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to say, I'm thinking, look, because in the fridge, I mean, it's easy to go. We had like the, the turkey and everything already, but let's, out of, out of sight, out of mind, I'm going to say one is an absolutely fully loaded mac and cheese. Okay. The, the fullest loaded mac and cheese. Fullest loaded. The fullest mac. So I got the fullest loaded mac on there. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll jump in with the next one here of uh, flambéed shrimp with white chocolate dressing. Oh my gosh. Uh, ask it for a friend. How do you spell flambéed? Mm -hmm. uh, F-L-A-M-B-E-E-D. Oh, oh flam flambéed. No, that's no silly. That's, no silly. That's flambéed. Okay. My apologies. Flambéed shrimp. Flambéed shrimp. I fear that, like, what if we get so stacked on meals that we, like, <laughs> run out of space? <laughs> what if we do so mm. well? I guess that's a suffering from success problem, and I'm not really that worried about it, I suppose. Exactly. We'll just have to eat faster. Uh, let's see. Uh, how about... <laughs> no context. Hot dog in a cup. Love it. <laughs> I love the, the I love the dissonance between our meals. <laughs> Which one's from America? <laughs> right. uh, you know what? This is very much in the same theme, but a glass of water that smacks of ham. <laughs> I I can't quite fit that so. I, I know I could do a glass of ham water, but I'm going to do a ham glass of water. Mm. That counts. It's, it, <laughs> they call it old ham. Old ham glass. <laughs> okay. All right. So we got our, we got our meals prepped. Uh, what do you want to do now? Will you just open the back door in hopes of catching whoever's just in here or run back upstairs to hide under the bed? I mean, if we were considering it before, I think, now that we have good old ham glass and hot dog in a cup, mm. why? I think we have to do it. Why turn back? Exactly. Hide under the sheets and eat the ham. Well, not it... eat the ham. Drink the ham. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, don't be silly. Interesting to note we're jumping up by exactly 20 pages every time. I don't know if that means something. Write that down. Mm. 342. There's soot on the handle of the back door, too, where someone has opened it from the inside. Pulling open the door yourself, you peer out into the ice-cold night, half-closing your eyes against the biting wind. Snow lies thick on the ground, blanketing everything in fuzzy white anonymity. The wind is howling about the eaves of the house and sending flurries of flakes rushing into your face. 
And then you hear the clanking of chains and glance upwards. Following the sound to its source, you catch a glimpse of something large and shadowy as it climbs up to the roof and disappears. Your heart is racing, and your frantic breath clouding in the air in front of you. You feel your blood quicken as your system is flooded with adrenaline. Your body is preparing itself to either fight or flee, but which is it to be? If you want to climb up the drain pipe and follow whatever it was that you saw, <laughs> just scramble onto the roof, turn to 382. If you'd prefer to slam the door and hurry back to bed, turn to 98. <laughs> I'm still here. I'll admit that every single time it's being offered to me, I am actually slightly more concerned that we're yep. doing something stupid. It's it's chipping away at my resistance each time just a little like, bit. Only actually... ask me four more times and I'll probably go to bed. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Alright. I mean, what what do you feel? Are you are you sufficiently chipped I... away or I think I think we're so brave. Are we and we're bolstered by the the uh, retention of these meals. <laughs> I think we persist one more time, but if we get another head to bed, I think we should uh, we should go. All right, sounds good. Uh, Three eighty two, jumping up forty pages exactly now. The metal drain pipe is freezing to the touch, but despite this, you grab hold and use it to scale the side of the building as you head for the roof. Higher and higher, you climb into the snowy night. Please take an endurance test. Oh, wait. Oh, shoot. Take an endurance test. If you pass the test, turn to 48. But if you fail, turn to 402. Uh, You're ready for the best foley? Oh, my God. So you're rolling four, yeah? Yep. Yeah, so four. So we roll four in order to resolve, and we are hoping that they are below the total of 20. Which Here's our resolution right in order. Now. Are you ready? Yes. A six. Good A start. A six. Bad start. A five. Terrible. And a one. You, pass. he did it. Oh, <laughs> host a game show. Host, host a, it, yeah, wow. It, it worked so well on the table as well, because the five and the six and the six were next to one another, and they were in my eyeline, whereas the one had rolled under my microphone. So I can't, like, it's a completely natural and fine roll, but I could only see doom when I looked at the table until yeah. we saw the little glimmer, the oasis on the skyline. I also only realized when you went to the second die that we wanted to roll low. I was like, six, <laughs> good. Six, good. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Okay, so we 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 pass. I mean, so you, the did. interesting thing about the endurance test is it also acts as our HP, so it is going to deplete, making it so yes. like the lower it is, the harder it's going to be to pass those checks. But either way, mm -hmm. we're going to 48. 48. 48. Making it to the top of the drain pipe, you grab a hold of the gutter and haul yourself onto the roof as the blizzard howls around you. And there, standing on the roof, is an ornately carved sleigh, painted a rich red and piled high with bulging sacks of presents, tethered behind a team of eight fully grown reindeer. You could hardly believe your eyes. But, as if the sleigh and reindeer weren't enough of a surprise, a tall, hunched figure, much of its form hidden by the fur-lined cloak it's wearing, is, a man is manhandling a large and squirming sack, into the back of the sleigh. That done, it jumps into the driver's seat, 
You're facing the back of the sleigh, so the snorting, stamping reindeer and the sinister cloaked figure are as yet unaware of your presence. Taking up the reins, the figure tugs on them and sharply cracks the whip it's holding in its right hand. Startled as one, the reindeer leaps leap forward and the sleigh starts to slide across the tiles towards the edge of the roof. Do you want to climb on board the sleigh before it takes off? Or do you think it'd be more sensible to shimmy back down the drain pipe to the ground? <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> Now this is a, now this is a this is a now this is a you know <laughs> that that's more concerning. There, there's like going outside the house when you like you see footprints, and then there's jumping onto the sleigh of the titular villain, like right away. Yeah. <laughs> also, like we know Christmas law. Like Christmas isn't a thing that doesn't exist in this world. So I know that's going into the sky. Do you want to hold on to the like wheels of an airplane while it tries to take off? I don't. Yeah, it's kind of like I, here. Here's two two possibilities. A, this goes poorly. We get on the sleigh mm. with the titular villain, who probably bodies us. We don't even have. We're not even benighted. We don't have a knife or anything. The mm. shank Krampus. Uh. Option B is also we get on the sleigh, we're successful. Is that really that exciting? I don't know. Like, just if we do, if we beat him in a skill check on, you know, like the fourth page we go to and we win the book, is that even that fun? Now, Rito, we are equipped (gasps) with a hot dog and a cup. Is that going to help us in this (laughs) scenario? Are we going to be able to defeat Krampus with a hot dog and a cup? Uh, I think it might give us a point of inspiration. Mm. <laughs> it may. It may. Um, I think we should turn to page sixty-two. Make our first reasonable decision so far. It it's the most. It's the first. Um, I'm down with that. It's the most like. Oh. <laughs> did you really just witness someone abducting Father Christmas, or did you imagine it? Perhaps this is all just a disturbing dream, anyway. It would explain so much of what has gone on. Yawning, you trudge back inside the house and climb up the stairs to bed. But as you pull the covers tight under your chin and drift off to sleep, you can't shake the feeling that Christmas will never quite be the same again. Your adventure's over the end. We got got. <laughs> we got absolutely got. I mean, okay, like, I I know, like, technically probably restart the book and all, but, like, do you want to, I, I'd say down to just jump oh absolutely yeah. 13 because what we're gonna make basically the exact same decisions and end up here exactly all right page 13 i guess we also have to consider that when we uh make a decision it's not like it's not quite like goosebumps where it's like you say what you want to do and then immediately you're doing that it looks like you know often we're going to be getting halfway point options like on your way to do that this is going to you know like you get often presented mm-hmm. with other things and it seems like maybe that'll happen here so 13 as the sleigh moves towards the edge of the roof it's it's runners bumping over the tiles you start to run your slippers threatening to take your feet from under you you nonetheless manage to catch up with the sleigh just as the reindeer throw themselves into the teeth of the blizzard and pull yourself up to the tailboard as the vehicle leaves the roof 
Hauling yourself on board, you slide down among the sacks that fill the huge sleigh, unseen by its sinister driver. But one of the sacks, which is larger than the rest, is wriggling as whoever or whatever inside of it struggles to get out. If you'd like to untie the knotted cord that is keeping the sack closed, turn to 144. If you'd like to rather not risk unleashing what might be lurking within, turn to page 113. Rita, I think it'd be remiss of us not to just explore the possibility that Krampus, in fact, was the one who got caught by Santa in this instance. And Santa is just taking them back, but we're about to free Krampus back out into the world and then have to team up with Santa to get him back. That is... Fair. I, you know what? No pun intended. I'll let you take the reins. Oh, I think we should absolutely unleash Krampus. Sorry, okay. uh, let me be clear. Either I think Krampus way. is in there, but we should also open it. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I'm down either way. Okay, so one, 144, unleash hell. 144, yes, indeed. It's mostly that if Krampus does pop out, I want to be able to go, nah, it was right. Exactly, exactly. Undoing the cord, you pull the sack open and are surprised to find yourself looking down into a softly lined face with rosy red cheeks, a curling white moustache, a long white beard, and the oldest yet most dazzling diamond-sharp eyes you've ever seen. Father Crit! You begin before the flustered face peering up at you shushes you into silence. Now's not the time for introduction, he says. He's clearly old, but his expression is also one of the most powerful you've ever seen. I've been captured by Krampus, the Christmas devil, he explains. And it looks like you're my only chance of getting out of here. My hands are tied, which is why I've been unable to free myself. You must get word to Jingle. He'll know what to do. Turn to 380. Hearing a sudden snarl, you look up to see the driver leaving his seat at the front of the sleigh as he scrambles over to the piles of sacks in an attempt to get his filthy claws on you. Make a note that your opponent has the initiative in the forthcoming battle and turn to 131. Mm, here we go. Time to battle Krampus. You were right. As soon as we boarded this, we were going to have to have all hands throwing hands. Apparently, I did... <laughs> I just thought that maybe, you know, we'd have another, I guess it's like, by the same token, it's like, if it's a flying thing, and we know it's the plot device, I guess how would we ever catch it, I suppose, is a mm. fair, it's a fair assessment. All right. A bolt of lightning suddenly splits the sky and then a snowstorm asunder. Just at that moment, the other's hood falls back, revealing the horrible face for the for first time. It is the demonic leer of some hideous amalgam of man and beast, with the caprine eyes of a goat, wolfish fangs, and long curling horns. A prehensile tongue whips from the creature's mouth, moving as if with a life of its own, and a guttural cackle rises from the devil's throat. What do we have here? A devious spy? Well, Grampus says it's your time to die! And with that, the fiend makes a grab for you. How do you want to respond? Will you A, use your pen as mightier special ability if you can, naughty or nice if you can, or fight back against Krampus? I have one immediate note. <laughs> you don't want to fight back against Krampus? <laughs> no, I, well, I don't know. One immediate note is that we know that naughty or nice 
converts our surroundings to the opposite. So more mm. or less, wouldn't that just make Santa evil? And Krampus, even if even if Krampus is nice, that would also turn Santa evil. Am I wrong? Oh, okay, okay. I could I could definitely see it doing something like that. Uh, that that's my guess. That's the only strategic note I have about these three options. Um, I will say like, <laughs> it it is tempting with when we're in combat with the titular character. Krampus mm. to, to to use the OP skip this fight button, but I don't know. What do you think? I so the the pen is mightier in this instance. I also think I know have have a little bead on what it might otherwise be doing. So the pen in mightier uh, is mightier allows you to skip a combat or resolve it in a different fashion. Sure. Uh, and I think in this instance, what it would probably do is rewrite it such that we're not on the sleigh anymore and we'll just still be in home but we'll still remember all of the other things so then it becomes our mission to go and talk to jingle to go and actually you know start the rest of the quest for santa and try and save them from krampus and stuff like that so this this would reset us back out i, I mean i kind of want to fight krampus though that's i those <laughs> both are exactly kind of like my thoughts is it almost like it's always tough when you have you're like you only have three of these i'm like I'm never going to use it. I'm never going to use it. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I kind of want to reserve, but also it's like, this is Krampus. It seems like the logical play. But also I do want to get into combat for the first time. So it's really tough. So maybe we go into exactly. combat, see if it's even possible. And then like, you know, I know it's not, it's not the correct way to play the book, but then we bump back if it turns out like it's, it was an impossible venture. And we imagine that we would yes. just start the book from the beginning and do everything up until this point because we knew we wanted that other option. Yeah, so agreed. That's, you're down with that. 50, 51 making a note of, let's see, to 51, 131 into 51, making a note that's 71. Okay. All right. Here we go. Krampus tries to rake your flesh with his filthy claws. While you do your best to fend off your diabolical attacker, who has the initiative in this battle, who who has the initiative in this battle will depend on how you got to this point. We do we made sure to note that Krampus has it. Uh, Krampus has a combat score of 10 and an endurance of 14. If you have the code word crazy with a K on your adventure sheet when calculating, no, we don't. Uh, if you lose two consecutive rounds, turn to page 31. If you don't lose two consecutive rounds, af after four combat rounds, if you're still alive, turn to 11. Mm. Interesting. So we will be resolving by rolling two dice and adding our combat score to it. They will also be resolving by rolling two dice and adding their combat score to it. So we are going to be adding 11. They're going to be adding 10. And equaling them does result at a push. So it does not uh, result in necessarily losing the combat round. So this is spooky. If we have a combat, we have a combat score of 11, they have a combat score of 10. Mm -hmm. This don't look so great. But it, it has some fail to strike states. Us. Yeah, it has some fail states that seem to maybe push us back out. So what you got? So you're rolling for Krampus or us? Uh, I rolled for Krampus a 19. Okay. And for us, 
and it's 18. We have lost our first round of combat. We take two damage to our endurance. Okay, so we're, uh-oh. That's concerning already. I think also because they have the initiative in that instance, they will have also got a plus one. Yeah, it's true. Well, I mean, hey, we would have lost anyways. So it checks exactly. out. Exactly. Okay, so that's that's one loss. There's also one of the two consecutive combat losses. So if we mm -hmm. lose this next one, we turn to page 31. Yes. Krampus rolls a 15. Oh. We roll 14. Oh my god. I here's my thought. This is the min-maxer in me. Uh mm. it see well after four combats, if you're still alive, I guess never mind. So I guess there's you either win. Oh no, there is no winning. You because there's no way you could take down 14 health. Mm, exactly. So the best thing that could happen is that you don't lose four health. That's the best case scenario for this yes, this combat. Which, um it didn't happen. We did, did lose happen. four health, so we, we have did lose four health. 16 we did, endurance. We're now. down to 16 endurance, which means that endurance checks are going to be tougher. Um, mm -hmm. We did not I, consider Krampus I will note, might however, be stacked. That uh, our endurance was maximum. What we'd set at the start was our maximum endurance. So now we are 16 out of 20 for our endurance, and having a meal yes. restores four endurance unless it says otherwise. True, and we can do that whenever we want, I assume, like, just yes. out, out on command. Okay, so... Oh, uh, I, I, I assume so, but I will check that out. I guess I don't know why it wouldn't be. Like, I don't think that... Because otherwise it'd have to be, like, at the end of every page. Like, now's the time where you could eat food if you want. I, I think that that, just, that sounds wrong. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if there were certain instances that it's like, oh, you may now eat if you have any food and you'd like to. Um, I will just quickly check that. But otherwise, uh, we need to resolve the next page from this. So we failed one. two rounds of combat in a row, and it is, sorry? 31. Beaten back by the devil's brutal blows, as the sleigh lurches suddenly, you lose your balance and find yourself toppling out backwards. And then you're tumbling through the snow-swept sky, dropping like a stone towards the ground. Turn to 235. Hmm. I can't find any clarification on whether or not the game will tell us to eat a meal. It does say, uh, sometimes you'll find enough food that you can take some with you to consume later on in the adventure. I would assume but... that we can just do it whenever. Sure. So let's, do want... let's do it right before let's... the next endurance check. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking here. Uh, so yeah, what the big question. What, what meal are we eating? Fullest loaded mac? Flambeid shrimp? Hot dog in a cup, ham glass of water. I think we have to match the food stuff to the appropriate endurance. Check. Sure. So, like, a hot dog in a cup is going to get you up a wall, like, no problems whatsoever, but you're not digging a hole after a hot dog in a cup, you know? It's true, yeah. That's just, everyone knows that. I, I would never dig a hole after a hot dog in a cup. Uh... So what am I supposed? What what information am I supposed to glean from that? Wait, what? Yeah, two thirty-five. Do oh. you want? Are we eating hot dog in a cup? Oh no no no! I don't I don't I don't know. I, I, oh, I you're saying we'll, uh, wait until you we have an endurance check as a reaction? I got you. Yeah. I thought you were saying prepare. Okay. 
fair, fair, fair. Yeah, exactly. Fair. Like some some naughty Christmas devil snowman is sure. taking a swipe at our face, and in One response, hot dog I eat my fully loaded mac and cheese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course, of course. The the breath of the wild of it all. <laughs> mm -hmm. The all pausing right. in Fallout to take every stim pack. Yeah, two thirty five. Down and down you fall as the snowflakes whirl around you and the ground rushes up to meet you. If you want to use your naughty or nice special ability, cross one off and use... Wait, cross one off and turn to 288, if not 258. I think now is the right time for naughty or nice. Probably. We are falling out of the sky towards the ground. Mm. The only fear I have is like... Are we going to fall into a snowbank and the naughty or nice is going to turn it into a knife bank or something like that? I don't... You know, I'm fine going to 258. No, 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 no. I think I, we have, I think we have enough you. food to be able to recover in terms of endurance, so I'm, I'm happy to... <laughs> we have enough hot dogs in a cup to land on a bed of knives. <laughs> exactly. Wait, so... I, Look, no. if I've fallen 55 feet out of the air, you know what I want most in that moment? A glass of water that smacks of ham. Absolutely. No, I just and a medic. I was I wasn't trying to talk. I just I'm very curious to finally use one of the abilities and and kind of see what happens. Uh, Let's do it. That was your first your first inkling, and I would like to go with it. Mm -hmm. So two eighty eight, and then we gotta cross one of those off. Excellent. And that is a naughty or nice instance. One used. Which I thought it would have been a pen is mightier, but it's a naughty or nice. Yeah. Uh, okay. You land in a deep snowdrift, sinking deep down into it. Incredibly, it saves you from suffering any injuries at all. Okay, yeah. so... Okay. So there was a snowdrift as, as one of the elements, but it is... Not how I thought. I'm glad. You know what that means? It means we were about to land on a big pile of knives, Rita. I absolutely. <laughs> we did. Thank heck we went this way. Thank God. Three forty-four. Yeah. Once you've taken a moment to compose yourself after your dramatic fall, you take a look around you. You're in the depths of a forest. Snow covering the ground and trees continue. And snow covering the trees continues to fall from the sky. Muffling all sound apart from the crunch of the stuff under your feet. What you wouldn't do for a pair of snow boots right now. If you have the code word cozy recorded, turn to this so that we do not. Uh, turn to 384 then. Mm -hmm. It's bitterly cold, and despite pulling the collar of your dressing gown up against the wind, soon your teeth are chattering and your whole body is shivering. Oh my god. Uh-oh. Deduct two endurance, one agility, and one combat point. Got it. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you you want to you're keeping you're keeping those all set and everything. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna not bother then. Uh, I think. <laughs> uh, question: Can food replenish agility as well, like or combat? Uh, no. Only it, by default, our replenishment is from meals to endurance. However, there will be other instances across gotcha. the adventure that we have the ability to restore other things. Gotcha. If Although you... we can never take a point, the agility in combat can never go above 12 points each. Great. Okay. If you are still alive after this, record the code word cold with a K 
on your adventure sheet before turning to 414. I'm going to do that. Done and done. Although you are aware of your immediate location, you have no idea where that is in relation to your home. The night sky thick with wintry clouds, you cannot even locate north. But not knowing what else to do, you set off regardless, trudging through the snow, and then a light appears through the darkness. Drawn to the light like a moth to a candle flame, you soon find yourself before a single-story hovel. Thick smoke rises from a stone-built chimney, but the rest of the building is constructed from wood, with a layer of haphazard thatch on the roof. Do you want to knock on the door in hope of finding shelter for the night and from the cold, or would you rather keep trudging through the snow, heading in what you think is roughly the same direction as the sleigh went? Turn to page 444. Turn to page four or 444. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are four fours there in total. Um, oh. I think that we are cold with a K and that we might need to uh, shelter and perhaps trudging on while we are cold with a K is a bad idea. I, I'm down with it. I'm down with it. So page four all the way to the beginning. Oh, gosh. Oh, when it's a single digit, it's harder to find with control F. Okay, uh, there we go. The door is opened by a burly man with muscular arms and a thick black beard. He's wearing a sturdy leather apron, and what clothes of his that are visible along with his hands and face are black with soot. Catching sight of the ruddy glow coming from the forge at the back of the hovel, you realize he must be a blacksmith. Grabbed us a sword. When he sees you standing there, he looks you up and down in surprise his gaze lingering on your slippered feet. Then, as if suddenly remembering himself, he ushers you inside and shuts the door. You look like you're about to catch your death, he says. Come, warm yourself by the fire. If you have the word code word cold on your adventure sheet, turn to 22. We do. Important to note, do we remove it? Probably not. Mm-hmm. We don't, but we do get a positive effect. Yeah. It is wonderfully warm inside the forge, and the heat is already starting to chase the cold from your bones. Restore a combat and agility point, then turn to 42. Oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. Feeling braver and beefier already. 42. Starts with the wraps. Yep. Sorry, just finding it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah says the blacksmith, limping over to a cooking pot hung over the fire. He ladles some broth into a wooden bowl before passing it to you along with a spoon. It's all warm you from the inside out. You do not need to be told twice, and you gulp down the steaming soup. It's very nourishing, full of root vegetables. Gain four endurance points. Let's go. Hell yeah. Back to Norm. Thank you much, Lincoln. No! He says as you pass the bowl back to him. Tell me what brings you here on a freezing Christmas Eve such as this. Feeling you have nothing to lose, you relate the bizarre series of events that's brought you to this place at this time. You're barely able to believe them yourself when you share your story with the blacksmith. It all seems so fanciful, like a twisted fairy tale. When you're done telling your story, the blacksmith fixes you with eyes that shine like obsidian. Uh, it sounds like you fell foul of Krampus, he says. And like as not, you're not the only one. 
He shouldn't be out and about on Christmas Eve, but if he is, then the big man himself could be in trouble. Don't worry. You tell the blacksmith. I'm determined to stop Krampus and save Christmas. I'd go with you. The blacksmith says. If it wasn't for this. He indicates his withered leg. But I might be able to offer my aid in another way. If you have the silver sword, we do not. Turn to page 102. Oh, if but we man, had wait. the silver sword, we would have gone to 143. I hope it's that he gives us a silver I, that, sword I, if we don't have one. I think that might be the case. Yeah, I, I, fingers crossed. All right, 102. <clears throat> These polar climbs are a hazard to any traveler, and not just because of the cold, the blacksmith says. How do you intend to defend yourself, should you run into any opposition? I have my wits, you say. They've got me this far. But what you really need is a weapon, oh, the blacksmith says. For all those times you cannot beat your foes with brains alone, here, take this. He offers you the axe he clearly uses to chop the wood for the fire, and you see no reason not to accept it. Record the blacksmith's axe on your adventure sheet, and make note that when you use it in battle, you can add one to your combat rating. Nice. Hell yeah. Suddenly, there comes a knock at the door, startling you. Who's there? Demands the blacksmith, getting to his feet. 2252. I'll let you take a moment to get that axe Absolutely. down there. Thank you, Munchly. Oh, no, that's already over on the other side. I just well, need to find my way to this page. Yeah, 252. Uh, he pulls open the door. Standing there is a beautiful young woman, a shawl pulled tight under her chin and held in place by one ice-blue hand. Following the blacksmith's horrified gaze as the woman takes a step over the threshold, you see that under her skirts, rather than feet, she has the cloven hooves of a goat. Begone, deceiver! The blacksmith cries, grabbing a pair of red-hot iron tongs from the forge. Catching the demon's nose between the glowing pincers, he drags her, kicking and screaming outside. Suddenly shedding her clothes, she unfurls wings as broad and black as a dragon's, and escaping the blacksmith's hold, takes to the air, still howling in pain as she flies away into the night. Record the code CRUEL with a K on your adventure sheet and turn to 310. Got it down and let's go. There's no time to delay. You are sure that Succubus is on her way to alert the qu your quarry. Wait. To alert your quarry to your progress. Ah, right. The quarry in this instance would probably be Krampus, I imagine. Yeah. Your destination lies to the north, but on the mountains. The blacksmith tells you. But betwixt here and there lies a forest and a frozen lake. It'll be up to you to decide which path to follow but both will ultimately bring you to a river of ice that marks the pass through the mountains. Good luck. Thanking the blacksmith for his help, you set off into the night, heading north as directed. I do want to note briefly the, the mm. directions, just in case. Absolutely. North. Uh, destination lies north. 
beyond the mountains. Between here and there, there's a forest and frozen lake. We have to choose which to follow, but ultimately they bring us to the river of ice that marks the pass okay. through the mountains. So we are looking to go through the mountains via the river of ice, and either a forest or a frozen lake takes us there. Great. All of this northerly. All right. Okay, turn to 480. Wait, no. Hold on. 484? Yeah, 484. As you follow the path between two pine-clad ridges, the wind suddenly drops and you see a wintry wonderland laid out before you, illuminated by the monochrome light of the now-visible moon. The horizon is dominated by the jagged teeth of icy mountains, the tongue of a great glacier choking, a pass between them. But before the mountains to your right lies a dark expanse of woodland, the brooding pines spreading as almost as far as the Black Peaks, while to your left at the other end of the valley that has been turned utterly white by the ever-present snow, you can see the frozen lake, and beyond that, rising from craggy foothills, an ice-clad castle. Do you want to continue through the forest, or make your way along the valley towards the ice lake and to the frozen castle? Hmm. Hmm. North you know, the only lead that I have here is that we have an axe, I and like there it. is a forest. That's I, it. I like that way more than any justification I have. I'd like to go there. I'd want to Let's go to it. there. 496. The trees envelop you in a pine-scented darkness. The moon disappears from sight, hidden by snow-clad branches. And soon you have no idea which way you're heading through the forest. You could be going round in circles for all you know. And then you enter a moonlit clearing and spy a red-breasted robin hopping about in the snow. It twitters at you and then takes off, disappearing between the evergreens. If you want to try and follow the robin, turn to 466. If you would rather trust your own instincts and struggle on alone, turn to page 213. Hmm. I mean, basically the, the implication here is like, do you think the robin's a trap? Yeah. For some reason. I... I, I will say it's uh, like one of the reasons I might not want to follow the robin in this instance is if I lose a bead on the direction that I was otherwise intending to take. But it's already telling us that we do not know the direction we're going. We are already lost in this forest. Yeah, it's written with the implication that we would have a bad time if we didn't. I think we should trust our first well no we we trusted a blacksmith so it's gonna go antagonist antagonist assistant antagonist assistant right it's gonna cycle back mm. and forth you think no mayhaps not at all 466 it's a robin it's cute it's it's a it's a it's a delightful little woodland you creature. Know, who would we be if we didn't believe in them it's like the it's like the dr eek you know story it's like I'm ready to have my heart broken again. You know, I. Mm -hmm. who am I if not someone who is willing to give a shot to an animal because I trust them more than people? <laughs> so we'll see. Exactly. The only way that they, you know, betray me is if they are a pawn of a dirty human. Uh, right. <laughs> so if we see a human around here that seems familiar with the robin, we run. Run, exactly. Rather than trying to get away from you, the robin alights on a branch and waits for you to catch up before taking off again. Continuing in this way, it leads you to a hollow, which 
stands the most curious cottage you've ever seen. It looks like the sort of edible ornament you'd have out on the sideboard during the Christmas period, since it appears to be made entirely from gingerbread. From its sugarwork windows to the piped icing decorating the window sills and doorframe, the entire edifice appears to be edible. Hmm. <laughs> Even the snow dusting its roof looks like a sprinkling wait, looks like a sprinkling of icing sugar. But curiously, there is smoke rising from its gingerbread chimney. The robin hops about on the ground in front of the cottage, chirruping frantically and flapping its wings furiously. But what is it trying to tell you? Do you want to taste a piece of gingerbread to see if it's the real thing? Try the door or leave the cottage in clearing and continue on your way. So we are definitely in some sort of a parallel to Hansel and Gretel, right? We're familiar sure. with kind of like general storybook kind of circumstances here is a gingerbread house it is in the middle of a forest clearing we know what's up if we don't eat any of the gingerbread though i don't think they legally can murder us i don't think they're i think they'll have to do it illegally us. yeah <laughs> it's just yeah. <laughs> a little bit of an Ill actually illegal cannibalism oh my oh no <laughs> exactly they'll be looked down upon if we haven't committed property damage against them first so <laughs> i think we can try the door pretty safely i think it's also possible that the robin is like oh, they're, they're my, hansel and gretel are in there my my oh, friends oh like maybe we're trying to save i think that there's uh -huh. a there's a real shot that we're trying to save yeah i i was hesitant until you mentioned that there's mayhaps a way we could get assistance also i want to pick a fight with something that we can beat <laughs> so yeah so let's try the door i'm down do it Turning a handle that looks like an iced donut, you open the door and enter the cottage. Despite what its interior might have led you to believe, inside it appears to be a normal cottage, with wooden, gross-tasting floorboards, walls made of interlocking, gross-tasting pine planks, and a stone-built chimney breast. Warming on a black iron stove is a saucepan containing a dark red liquid that fills the air with a heady smell of wine, cloves, nutmeg, and orange zest. Facing the fire in a rocking is a rocking chair, and next to that stands a small table. Lying on top of it is a large book and an open, handwritten letter. It is clear that whoever lives here is not home at present, but it also looks like they've only popped out for a moment and could return at any time. Do you want to sample some of the mulled wine warming on the stove, read the letter, take a look at the book, leave the cottage before its owner returns? I still think we definitely need not to infringe, so I don't want to sample the mulled wine at all. But uh, I guess also the reading the letter might be considered a kind of infringing, but it's also open. Yeah. Like, this is the level of respect that I have for, for privacy of others in this instance. <laughs> if someone leaves their diary completely open, on top of a desk in a general use area, I'm gonna naturally accidentally glance some of the words and get a little bit of an idea. However, if it's closed, I'm not opening it. However, that's in that situation, you're probably not having wandered into the home of a complete stranger. So, how much does well, that no, track right? now? It extends to the degree of like, <laughs> you know, I'll test the handle, and if it's not locked, I'll wander in. If I've trespassed and their diary happens to be open, I suppose mm -hmm. I shall indulge. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
Uh, uh, so yeah, the book maybe starts. We, uh, this is, maybe we'll take a look at the book. You, you think so? Lying on top of it, the large rocking table, is a large book and an open handwritten letter. I mean, I think the book is probably the least intrusive of these because, like, I would know, say so. the person write the book themselves. Unless they did, <laughs> it's probably the least personal. Yeah. All right, let's go to 83. 283. Let's go. Opening the cracked leather tome, you discover that it is a book of imps and demons. Scan Scanning its table of contents, four subjects leap out at you. Do you want to read about imps, Krampus the Christmas Devil, Snow Sprites, or the Yule Cat? All of these are definitely interesting, and I would love to read all of them, but I do think if we have to prioritize for time, maybe we should learn as much as we can about Krampus. Probably a good call. We might learn, like, a keyword about, like, a weakness or something. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. So let's go 172. As you flick through the pages of the book, it falls open at, it falls open at where a bookmark has been placed. Opposite a grotesque woodcut of a grinning demon... Carrying a basket on its back is the entry that describes Krampus, the Christmas Devil, in his Krampus. in someone's writing. Yeah, go ahead. The Christmas Devil. It is easy to forget that while Santa delivers gifts to well-behaved little boys and girls during the festive period, bad little boys and girls face punishment from Krampus, the Christmas Devil. But in the wild heartlands of Europe, such legends are not so easily forgotten. And on the night of the 5th of December, isolated communities honor the demonic anti-Santa, who accompanies St. Nicholas during the Christmas season by celebrating Krampusnacht. The clanking of rusty chains and the clanging of cowbells warn of his approach. He is immediately identifiable, since he has two curling horns protruding from his head, but he also has one clawed foot and one goat's hoof. He wields a birch whip, which he uses to punish naughty children, and carries a basket on his back into which he places those appalling urchins destined for the fiery pits of hell. The name Krampus itself originates from an old high German word, Krampen, meaning claw. Thank you, uh, the Discovery Channel. I love it. I, that, gave me, that gave me some big, um, like, nature documentary energy in the best of ways. <laughs> To be entirely honest, I think over the course of uh, Turn to Page, what we are doing is ultimately going to be training for the job that I hope to pick up when I'm 65 years old and just doing those voiceovers. I, hey, uh, I'll be the reference. All right. Uh, according to the entry in the Book of Folklore, Krampus's night is the 5th of December and not Christmas Eve. For the devil to be out about and out and about on this night, something must have gone very wrong indeed. Hearing a tapping at the window, you look up with a start to see a curious figure peering in from the outside. He looks like a hobgoblin with his frozen hair sticking out in jagged points and with icicles hanging from the end of his long pointed nose. Oh my god, you can scroll down we get a little we get a little look see. He's he is a very pointy man. He's uh, a very very pointy man, I got to say though. He looks like a logical medium between, like, I guess, a Draugr and a Christmas tree elf? Could potentially be. I, yeah, like, I think that, uh, so the picture that we have access to, it's, he looks faintly close to what they would have Krampus pictured as, mm -hmm. but I think distinctly different enough, because he have none horns. 
Yes, exactly. We were just told that he is immediately identifiable yeah, by some by of those features. Yes. And those are lacking. So I don't know. Yeah, so maybe that was like the implication of the picture there. He looks absolutely frozen, his features pinched and blue from the cold. In fact, you could almost believe he was made entirely from ice if it weren't for his penetrating sapphire stare. Where his tapping finger touches, feathers of frost spread across the window panes. Let me in, pleads the curious creature. I'm so cold. If you want to open the window so that the hobgoblin can enter the cottage, turn to 112, if not 152. Did we enter the house and lock the door? <laughs> I The Rude. door itself never mentioned a lock whatsoever. Exactly. This guy just cannot go around to the door. Exactly. So where's the option to tell him, like, try the door, dude? Uh, yeah. Do you want to let him in? I think he's distinctly I, not I, Krampus, but I don't know if that's like if that matters. I think we should let him in. I'm ready to have my heart broken. Yeah. Let's let he's the cold hob, out there. Let's let the hobgoblin in. <laughs> One twelve. Unlatching the window, you push it open, and the sprite bounds through the cottage his intentions immediately become plain as he goes to grab you with with fingers that are a little more than icy needles oh my gosh how do you want to defend yourself use the pen as mightier fight back or try something else so mm -hmm. stranger is danger stranger is danger in this instance yeah. uh i I think we could fight back with the blacksmith's axe and do reasonably well in this instance, but try something else does intrigue me. What would try something else even is, be in this instance? Like, Yeah, that is, it's a good point. That, that's kind of, those are kind of my exact thoughts. If we fight back, I would imagine this guy has a weaker stat block than Krampus. Mm. Uh, and we are better equipped than when we fought Krampus. Um, are indeed. But I will, yeah, I'll admit there's definitely a morbid curiosity on what try something else even means. So His intentions are immediately plain as he goes to grab you with fingers that are a little more than icy needles. Is, is there any way he's not being aggressive <laughs> in this instance? Uh, it's, it's hard to, hard to imagine. Mm. But I, I'm down to, I'm down to figure it out on 73. Let's, let's do 73. My curiosity has gotten the best of me. Yeah, just out of a, out of curiosity. Oh, you are, you are going to have to act fast. What do you want to do? If you want to throw a, the pan of mulled wine at the hobgoblin, turn to 53. If you just want to flee, turn to 218. Mm, Interesting. Well, I mean, here we go. Time to, time to throw some mulled wine at that hobgoblin. Warm that bad boy up if you're so cold. Yeah, we'll warm him up. And also figure out what was wrong with the mulled wine, maybe, if there's something wrong. Or maybe it makes him stronger. <laughs> All right, let's give it a shot. Uh, 53. Grabbing the pan from the stove, you hurl both it and its contents at the frozen hobgoblin. Take an agility test. If you pass the test, turn to 33. If you fail, turn to 188. Just don't get two sixes. We didn't. We got one of them, though. Oh, what we get? We got a six, six and a one. Seven. Okay. We pass our test and go to 33. Yeah. Thank God we are nice and warmed and cozy so that 
Mm -hmm. Agility tests should be pretty easy for us, theoretically. The saucepan hits the hobgoblin, who cries out in pain as he is drenched from head to toe in its scalding contents. The cry becomes a shriek, and the shriek becomes a scream, as his icy form immediately begins to melt. Ice to water and water to steam as it evaporates. Soon there is nothing left of your attacker but a puddle of water on the floor. Turn to 355. That was immensely satisfying. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's... That is so much better than taking the combat action. Mm -hmm. Also, also cleaner. Um, Significantly. Just one shot. All right, 355. The door of the cottage suddenly burst open, and a figure rushes through it accompanied by a flurry of snowflakes. It is an old crone bent almost double by a doager's stoop. I don't know what that means. And wrapped up against the cold under a dozen layers of shawls and coats. Raising the broomstick she is holding in her hand, she shrieks, Who are you and what are you doing in my home? Were you sent by him? Him? You repeat, flustered. Yes, him. You know who he is, don't you? Um, you uh, yeah, yeah, of course I do. You reply uncertainly. Who is he then? The crone demands, raising her broomstick, ready to hit you next. Not wishing to risk antagonizing the witch any further, how will you answer? Krampus or Father hmm. Christmas? Who are you? Were you sent by him? Lady, like, please just be clear. <laughs> we can give you the intel mm -hmm. you need, but, like, we have to stab at this at two uh, on two levels. It's like, who does she think the person is? And does she like that person? Because it could be like, are you sent by Krampus? I love Krampus. Are you sent by Krampus? I hate Krampus. Are you sent by Father Christmas? I mm -hmm. love Father Christmas. Are you sent by Father Christmas? I hate Father Christmas. It's, it's, uh, this is tricky. So the, the thing is, like, I think we can determine a little part of it, which sure. is she has the book. She's got the book and she's reading about Krampus. Like, if Krampus is her best friend, why does she have a book about him? It's a little cringe. <laughs> yeah. Just ask. Just DM him. <laughs> Exactly. I th I think all of this comes down to Father Christmas is the one with whom she is more familiar. But does she like or hate them? I think she might like them. I think the Robin was being nice, bringing us to an area that is kind of safe. Comfort. Yeah, well, we had our antagonistic encounter in this hut already. Exactly. And it wasn't... Time to alter backwards. It's not gonna... Yeah, it's not gonna go where she's antagonistic. Oh, is it? All right, 406... Oh, that's a relief. Oh, let's go, says the witch. For a moment, I thought you were an agent of that ancient devil Krampus, the goat-legged one. Are you a friend of Father Christmas, then? Are you? You counter. But of course, she replies back on the defensive. After all, I make deliveries to the children of Italy, she explains. Well, I am Labafana, the Christmas witch. Then maybe you could help me. You go on, opening up to her as you describe the course of events that have brought you to her gingerbread cottage on this cold Christmas Eve. Father Christmas is in grave danger. I knew it! He must have been abducted by that devil Krampus! She butts in. The demon's agents are everywhere. She leans in close, lowering her voice as if afraid that even the spiders in their webs in the rafters might be among Krampus's spies. 
Do you know where Krampus has taken him? Unfortunately, you don't. We cannot delay then. If we travel separately, we might have a better chance of finding them. But then again, two against one's better odds if we can track them down. What do you think? How do you answer? Let's split up or look together. I... I can hardly turn down guaranteed more voices. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when it's... I also... I, I do wonder if it's possible that uh, that we're choosing a companion at this point. I, I think it could be the case. And also, my thought is, how do we imagine that if we split up, it would, she'd come back? I guess it would be like a deus ex machina, but how would it... I feel like the, the intricacies of being able to keep track of whether or not you have a deus ex to machina in the sense of this mm -hmm. book would be difficult. But then again, I'm metagaming. I just want a pal. Okay. Are you, you want to do pal? it? Let's look for him together. All right. 458. 458. 458. Uh, 458. Record the code word KIND on your adventure sheet. The two of you leave the gingerbread cottage, and once outside, La Bafana straddles her broomstick, encouraging you to climb on behind her. Hold on tight, she says as the broomstick shoots up into the sky. The clouds have cleared now, and by the light of the moon, you can see the forest laid out beneath you. Beyond the trees lie the jagged teeth of the mountain range, but... As you raise higher, buffeted by the cold wind, you can just make out the bleak white ice field beyond it. And there, in the frozen wilderness, you can see the warm orange glow of distant lights. It's Italy! <laughs> Your view is suddenly obscured as a flock of bats rises into the air ahead of you. But as you draw closer, you realize they aren't bats at all, but hideous winged imps, tiny airborne devils. What did I tell you? Calls Lava calls La Bafana over the wail of the wind in your ears. The devil's agents are everywhere! And then the winged imps are upon you. If you want to use the pen as mightier special ability, and you still can, cross one off and turn to six. If you want to use the naughty or nice ability, you can, but turn to 478. If you do not want to use either special ability, or you cannot, turn to 498. I mean, it's, well, I think been, it's been an hour 20. Night. Which one do you think? I think it's fight night. I think it's time to swing an axe at them. I think Pan is mighty and naughty or nice. Nah, uh, uh. This blacksmith's axe plus one is nice. Ugh. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you think you think we can engage in in hand to hand combat from the? I mean, I'm down. If that if that's what happens, I'm very excited. I think so. I want to go to four ninety eight for that reason. Give it a crack. Oh, he's a genius. All right, the night-winged horrors are a black cloud against the velvet blue of the star-pricked sky. You're forced to fend them off while La Bafana struggles to main control, maintain, maintain control of the broomstick. In this battle, the winged imps have initiative. If you mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so the winged imps have a combat of 7, endurance of 8, but there's special rules. If you reduce their combined endurance score to 4 points or fewer, turn to 6... If the imps win three consecutive combat rounds, one of the demons grabs you. Okay, so let's just keep that in mind. So if if they win three in a row, something bad happens. If we reduce them to four from eight, 
we go to, to page six. Okay, mm -hmm. go ahead. They roll a 13 plus one for their initiative. We should be dead, please. And we roll a, a 17. Oh. We reduce their endurance by two. So they're from eight down to six. Mm-hmm. They follow up with a, a six, seven, and one is 14. Okay, seems fine. And we follow up with 18. Yeah, I... We are you know what? turning to page six. Incredibly safe assessment that we could uh, destroy these guys in the wildy. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. All right. Page six. The flock of imps suddenly flies away, heading north towards the mountains, or so it seems. In that moment of distraction, you do not realize that one of the horrors has remained behind until it descends and grabs you by the shoulders, pulling you from the back of the broomstick. As Lava Fauna is about to give chase, the flock of devils returns to torment her and their diabolical ruse having worked and stop her from coming to your aid. As the imp carrying you flies away northwards over the wintry wilderness, you fight to free yourself from its clutches. Take a combat test. If you pass the test, turn to 26. If you fail, turn to 48, 46. Uh, please roll a, a not a twelve. We pass. Thank God. Currently we rolled an eight. Like basically, this is the equivalent of like it's a check of zero, and you just need to not get a nat one. Is basically yeah. all we're at because of how good we are at that. But I'm so I'm so happy with our decision to go for, uh, uh dump endurance max the other stats right mm -hmm. now. I'm so happy with especially, that choice, especially especially given the four meals we got really early on. Yeah. Oh, I think we, we like mid-max optimized this, except for the fact that we lost right away, uh, <laughs> technically. <laughs> that was like, that was like one of the goosebumps losses though. And now we're into the, the nitty gritty meaty part where when we exactly. die, it's gotta be like, we gotta really have beefed it. So it was 26, mm -hmm. right? 26 indeed. You managed to struggle free of the imp's clutches, but instantly drop like a stone towards the ground far below. Fortunately, you land in a deep snowdrift, which breaks your fall. Used to be a, actually a bed of knives, fun fact. Uh, clambering out of the drift, you set off alone again through the deep, dark forest. Turn to 213. Wait, did we? are we alone now? We lost uh, La Bafana? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, we were taken uh, off of her broomstick. Uh, she was harried by the rest of the imps as we fell from the imp that had taken us. I'm certainly curious. God, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, diverging options, especially because of the special abilities. Where it's like, like I really do wonder, like, would we still be with her with one of those or no? Mm -hmm. Like it's and that's really curious. That's a very fun thing. All right, two thirteen. Trudging through the snow is wearisome, wearisome, and so you decide to rest for a moment, propped up uh, against a tree stump. Now would be a good time to eat a meal if you would like to. Hmm. Does it, that's we would only restore two endurance from it at this point. Sure. I just, but also uh, that was more like, is this the implication that this is the only time to? I feel like this more confirms, confirms more yes. that we are fine to do it whenever we want. Absolutely. Because it I just says it's a good time if you would like to. Kind of like mm -hmm. this is a flavorful, no pun intended, time. Like a reminder that you can. 
But it is while you are resting that you become aware of the most, the almost imperceptible padding of paws on the snow, possessed of the, possessed of the unnerving feeling that something is creeping up on you. You scramble to your feet and spin around as a huge black cat makes a grab for you with its outstretched paw, claws unsheathed. It looks like a wild cat with fiercely glowing orange eyes, except that its fur is the color of coal, and it is as big as a fully grown panther. If you have the word cozy written on your adventure sheet, turn to 237. If not, 197. That's not one of the ones we have, is it? No, we have cold, cruel, and kind. Oh, I wish... I, I wish we had the the turn cat into friend button, but I don't think we do. One ninety seven. So. Giving voice to a horrible yowling howl, the big cat leaps for you from the top of the tree stump. Do you want to run away, defend yourself, or use your naughty or nice ability? Now, Naughty or Nice is one of the abilities, that is, or rather is the only ability that we've used so far. So if we use this, we will have one remaining charge of Naughty or Nice. However, given exactly the circumstance you'd lined up before this, the possibility of inverting the situation to have a friendly cat is worth I, it. That, I, I just, I feel like there's no situation. I am terrified by the fact that that brings us down to one final Naughty or Nice, but I don't mm. know that we're going to be faced with a situation more relevant to my interest yep than uh turning an animal into a friend so you 100 on board you're four, down two three four two three and cross one off four twenty three cross off one of your ninety nine special abilities yep the booming voice suddenly cuts through the night as it carries through the forest hey kitty kitty come to mama the cat freezes. The trees part, and a colossal humanoid figure appears. It is an ugly, ill-formed woman, a hideous giantess, a lovely, beautiful giantess. Her lumpen features covered with her hair sprouting warts. There you are, you naughty kitty, the giantess says. Come to Mama Greelet. As she reaches for the cat, the beast takes off fast as a scalded cat and vanishes among the pines. But then Mama Grilla catches sight of you. Oh, what do we have here? She mutters. Paralyzed with fear, you're unable to resist as the giantess reaches down and picks you up in one gnarled, one huge gnarled hand. Looks like supper to me. Oh, that's not great. Turn to 234. Hmm... Well, we did change our environment at the very least. 234. It's true, it's true. Your arms pinned to your sides within the giantess's grasp. You can do nothing as she makes her way through the forest with great lumbering strides until the ground starts to rise and becomes rocky underfoot. Though through the trees, you see a flickering light coming from a small window at the entrance to a large cave. However, the entrance has been blocked up by a circular doorway that is twice as tall as you are. Opening the door, the giantess stoops past through it. As she carries you inside, you cannot help but stare in amazement at the sight that greets you. The cave has been furnished as if it's someone's home. There's a long table, dressers are pushed up against the walls, and you can see several bunk beds. At the back of the cave, a large cauldron of water has been set to boil over a large fire. 
the smoke from which disappears up a chimney breast that has been built into the cave wall. But most astonishing of all are the cave's inhabitants. It's full of curious troll-like beings. You count 13 in all. What have you got there, Mama Grilla? Asked one of the misshapen creatures. Supper? Replies the giantess. Turn to page 254. You are thrown into a rusted iron cage beside the fire and locked inside by one of the trolls who carries a number of keys on a large iron ring. Get that fire nice and hot. The giantess instructs the trolls. Yes, Mama Grilla. They reply and start throwing on more logs. We're having bean stew for supper. Mama Grilla announces. What kind of bean? Asks one of her sons. Human bean, of course, pot scraper. <laughs> the giantess grins. Unless you want to become supper for the trolls and their giantess mother, you have to get out of both the cage and the cave fast. But how? Use the box of delights if you have it, a set of lockpicks if you have some, offer schnapps if you have some, carrots if you have some, or plead to let them oh, to have them let you go. We came here woefully on the wrong path, clearly. Mm. Um, we got to plead with them to let us go on. Uh, on there's page literally two. no, yeah. There's page two. Oh my god, back on up. Where the hell? Okay. Locking someone up in a cage until you're ready to butcher them and pop them into the cauldron of boiling water isn't what you would consider a good example of Christmas cheer. Where's the trolls' festive spirit? Whatever happened to goodwill to all men? Do they know it's Christmas? Please, don't eat me! You plead with your captors. I'm sorry I strayed into your territory. Please, just let me out! It is Christmas, after all. Roll one die. If the number rolled is odd, turn to 138. If it's even, turn to 118. Oh, no. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spurn that methodology here. We also can choose to pick a card instead. Let's go with the folio on that one for a ready oh, sure. or black. Oh, yeah, red or black card. Whoop. All right. Gotta shuffle them first, just in case they were all <laughs> sorted. And we get Joker. A nine of clubs. That is a black card. We are going to page 118. Please be good. Oh, go on, mama! Says a troll who is abnormally short compared to his brethren. Let it out! It's Christmas after all, please! Aww. All right then, stubby. Says the giantess, softening. But only because you are so nicely. Go on, door slammer! She instructs the troll, holding the keys. Open the cage and let our guest out. Door slammer does as instructed, and then deciding that you're not going to get a better opportunity than this to escape, you burst out of the cage and race for the circular door. Turn to 199. We did it. And then all hell breaks And then all hell breaks loose within the cave. The trolls tumble over each other in an attempt to stop you from getting away. 
As they make their clumsy grabs for you, you do all you can to evade them and reach the door, shoving them out of the way, tripping them up, throwing things at them that you grab off the table. You need to work out how many of the trolls you manage to put out of action as you race around the cave. Take an agility test, a combat test, an endurance test, then roll a die or pick a card. You may choose to spend one, use some penance mightier special ability, or use one of the mightier nice special abilities. Having done all of these things, consult the table below to, s to see how many points you have scored. Okay. okay. So, so, first off, agility yes. test. We test eight against 11. We succeed. We get one point. One point. Combat, combat test. We test six against 11. We get one more point. Two point. Endurance test. This is against 18 this time, unfortunately. Yeah, this... Uh, this is not... One of them rolled off the table, but it's not possible to roll higher than 18. We get a 14. All right, so that is up to four, a plus four points. two from endurance. Yes, giving us okay. Plus two. Now, so roll a die or pull a card. card. Obviously, it was unshuffled as of last time. Red card. We get no point. Uh, uh, we do we get plus one a... from the blacksmith's axe before we even like get to the point where we make. Yes. A decision. We, are, uh, we're at we get five. plus one from the blacksmith's axe. We do not get plus two from the silver sword. Uh, we're at five. We could get another plus two by using pen as mightier, or another plus two as well by using our final point of naughty or nice. I think maybe we should use a point of pen as mightier to get seven. I'm I'm down to do that. Seven seems like a pretty juicy one. Mm -hmm. I'm down to do that. We've uh, not used a single good. one yet. Where we're an hour thirty in, I think that that's probably okay to use our first. Just to, Love it. Uh, the thing I, I was going to say, if we pass the agility, combat, endurance, and the uh, the card check, I was going to say we shouldn't do anything else. But missing mm -hmm. one makes me feel a little uncomfy. Like, like the special abilities were there for the express purpose of, like, covering a failure. So, mm -hmm. so yeah. So, we're at 7, 239 after we've collected our points. The number of points you have scored is the number of trolls you've already knocked out, pushed out of the way, or tripped up as you frantically race around the cave. Any trolls already eliminated come from the bottom of the following list, but you have to fight the rest of the Yule Lads. But in this point, you have the initiative. Holy crap. All right. So you want to you walk us through who, who died or who not, got knocked out? Let's do it. So... We do not have to fight Candle Stealer, Doorway Sniffer, Window Peeper, Sausage Swiper, Skyr Gobbler, Door Slammer, or Bowl Licker. Or, no, wait. Yeah, or Bowl Licker. We do, however, have to fight Pot Scraper, Spoon Licker, Stubby, Gully Gork, Sheep Coat Clod, and Meat Hook. This is terrifying. And in hindsight, I, I wish... Well, I mean, their combat score is very low. Mm-hmm. But the the thing, the, the noteworthy thing of this is just how much endurance they all have. Like, the fact... Yes. Like, I, I think that we are going to do a great job of... Like, our success rate is going to be very high because they have typically combat scores averaging around, like, seven. Mm -hmm. So... The chance that we beat them is very high, but also we have to succeed on so many checks. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we took like one hit here for two endurance worth of damage, but then we'll eat a food and we'll be fine. Also, we're going to loot so many corpses here. Oh, baby. All Hot right. Scraper, are you ready to fight us with your combat of plus seven? Absolutely. Should I roll a couple? Ooh. Feel free if you should like the pot scraper combat, however. Uh, we immediately beat him on the first roll. He ends up with 11, which is less than the modifier that we even give with our combat initiative and blacksmith's axe for 13. So pot scraper takes damage. So pot scraper is down to six. Mm -hmm. uh, would you like to roll for uh, spoon licker next and then I'll go I back for stubby and we can go like that? I got a four mm. for a total of 10, which again is not even better than our base, so we don't even need to worry. Yep. We, we may actually just be able to roll only for them a lot of the time here. So that's against Spoonlicker, taking them down to three endurance. Yep. Are you writing this down Correct. somewhere or should I write this down somewhere? Uh, I, I'm I, I, kind of just tracking yeah. it for only two people being alive at the moment. Or seven, alive, seven, focused six, on. Five. Uh, they roll seven plus. Oh, okay, that that could theoretically. And nope, we absolutely beat up <laughs> the pot scraper again, taking him down to four. Okay. Pot scraper's four. Should I roll for? Wait, am I rolling for spoon liquor? Is that the, that's the idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I figured this yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of simulates the idea of us attacking two targets at the same time. Oh, that is a little bit scarier. I rolled a six. Mm -hmm. Uh. So that's six plus they have a twelve. They have a twelve. Well, I guess that's no much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Our combat ability initiative it, and battle axe takes us thirteen plus. Yeah, so we are thirteen at a base. The the fact that we mm -hmm. have the initiative, so that takes them down to one. Yep. Pot scraper oh, rolls again, and with a three, pot scraper absolutely cannot succeed there. We get two more damage against pot scraper, taking them down to two. Uh, let's see. You got five. So, uh, who is it? Uh, Spoon Licker's Spoon dead. dead. Oh, okay. Pot Scraper is also dead. Let's go. To be fair, I think that maybe in the rules we're supposed to just roll once and like apply it to all, but I think this is kind of fun too. <laughs> just to... Yeah, I'm completely fine with this, especially considering we only have six more people left. Six, sorry, six more people, four more people left, and they yeah. have uh, lower health values. Would you like to roll for Stubby? I will roll for Stubby, yes. Oh, who has a combat score of five? Mm -hmm. Oh, but rolled an eight, so they're at 13, but our base is 13. <laughs> oh, poor Stubby. Yep. You, you, had a, you came swinging, but you just aren't there. All right. Oh. If, if we roll Snake Eyes, Gully Gork will actually hit us. We do not roll Snake Eyes. Gully Gork takes two damage. Okay. Down to four. Down to four. All right, Stubby rolls a six, which is impossible to beat us with. Stubby is down to one. Gully is also down two more points, rolling a four themselves. Oh, Stubby. <laughs> Stubby got a three for a grand total of eight combat score. <laughs> Almost half of what we have. Stubby is mm -hmm. dead and embarrassed. Dolly Gork follows them greatly into the grave. Okay. Now here it's it's getting a little bit spookier. Sheepcoat mm. Claude and Meat Hook have a bit more endurance. I mean they have seven, so basically seven or six and or seven or eight endurance doesn't really matter. It just we need four successful checks. 
Meat Hook does mm-hmm. have a combat score of 11. So that's a little bit spookier. I want you to roll for Meat Hook. Okay. Or sorry, 8. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I got 11. I'll I looked at my die on my table. You go for Sheep Coat Claude. Yeah. All good. All right, I'm going to roll for the Dinky guy first. Uh, that is an 8, which is feasible on a Snake Eyes. <laughs> on a Snake Eyes, it'd be a push. It'd be a push. All right. Yeah, no. Uh, we got an 8. Uh, that's smacked down to 5. Meat Hook takes two damage. They rolled a one and a two. Oh, God. I I was worried just by the sheer amount of guys, but I guess, like, uh, I, I underestimated just how good we are. 14. It's literally impossible for us to roll under. That's a three for Sheep Coat Claude. Mm-hmm. Hook, 15. Impossible. Uh, sorry, 13 total. Five on eight makes... Two more damage to them. They are going down to three endurance. All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, eight, uh, which is on a... F- yeah, if we roll snake eyes, then I roll again. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. These poor dumb no idiots. Snake eyes. <laughs> no, such, no such snake eyes. Like, on top of the it, I'm rolling here... well. Like, on t- for, for mm-hmm. us, I'm also rolling well anyways. Four and a three for us. And that's Sheepcoat Claude dead then, I believe. Uh, Third instance of damage? Or no, I didn't roll. Oh no, yet. fourth instance of damage it needs. Eight. Fifteen. <gasps> Uh-oh. Meat Hook rolled 18. Sheepcoat is dead. 30. Kill. Uh, that's one hit against Meat Hook, down to one HP. And Meat Hook with 14 cannot overcome Snake Eyes. What we was kill Meat Hook as well. What was the scary roll? The scary roll was they rolled a 10, so they had an 18. So uh, we theoretically could have taken that. Oh, totally. Well, I yeah, I was, I'll admit, I was, uh, I guess, a little bit more concerned than I should have ought to been. But I, the fact that we have the, the axe and the initiative there was, mm. that made it pretty tough. On top of the fact that we're ripped. <laughs> like Yeah, exactly. We're like, beefy as all hell. Door Slammer here, which is six from the bottom, so was eliminated so that we didn't have to fight them, does also have maximum stats, such as uh, Meat Hook does, with eight and seven. So we did avoid one battle that otherwise might have done some damage to us, but yeah. ultimately it seems like we probably could have just tanked our way through all of these. Yeah, I think so. On to 36. As it turned out, the Yule lads were no match for you. Record the code word crowded with a K on your adventure sheet. If you have Cretentious already recorded, turn to 56. Otherwise, go to 76. 76 is a rouse. Uh-huh. I see. 76 is... <clears throat> my boys! My poor boys! The giantess screams. Ah, my poor lads! Snatching up a cleaver as big as an axe, she closes the space between the two of you in only a few strides. Why, I'll butcher you like the dog you are! She roars. How will you respond to this threatening behavior? Will you use one of your abilities or prepare to defend yourself? I'm kind of ready. Like, you know, maybe we got a little bit of a big head because we absolutely bodied everybody but i feel like she's not mm-hmm. that scary i i think exactly in that same way as well our character in this universe should feel confident in this moment and yeah. should want to push i agreed 
Waving the filthy cleaver before her, the giantess is clearly determined to have you end up in her pot. In this battle, Gryla, Gryla, I can't remember what we said. Uh, Gryla has the initiative. Uh, so a combat of eight that might as well be nine. Yep. So that is so she'll be and an endurance of ten. Stones. So we need to be successful five times. And she does have mm -hmm. one more point, And we have one less point. So th th there's a real world where we take a hit here. It's true. She's adding nine to hers regularly. And we are adding 12 to ours regularly using our blacksmith's axe for a plus one. Yeah. So that, I mean, on five checks, we could totally take a, a smack. Okay, she has 17 as a total. And we have significantly more than that with uh, oh, okay. 9 plus 12. So Get 21. Right. Okay, that's down to 8. Tell you. She rolls a 8 with 9. She's on another 17. And with a 6 and a 4, we will beat that. All right, down to 6. 22. <laughs> she rolled snake eyes. She can't beat us. Okay. <laughs> it's out of four. And it's crying a little. Mm -hmm. uh, she rolls a 10. 18 total. For, uh, 19 total for her, sorry. That's... Uh, and that's an 8 plus 12. 20 for us. Oh my god. We are so <laughs> rippling strong. We are absolutely drunk on Pop-Tarts and uh, mm -hmm. protein powder. And we haven't even had to stock up on our fully loaded mac and cheese that, that is little carbo load. The one time we like had an optimal amount of health loss, we just got healed up by that soup. Mm-hmm. She rolls a 17. We roll a 23. She is okay. dead. I think we might be unstoppable. Uh can we take a trophy? Can we take can we like take something <laughs> as a trophy? Like I mean, that was just uh, absolutely body. Claim the head, please. Claim the head. Uh, 216. You've escaped the murderous giantess, Gryla. Record the code word, Cretentious. Wait, cre oh, Cretinous. Mm. Oh, I like Cretentious. <laughs> Cretinous on your adventure sheet. If you have the code word crowded already recorded, turn to 56. Yes, we do. Cretin. You've got the better... 50. Sorry, what? Sorry, I was just writing down Cretinous. My bad. 56. You have got the better of not only the Yule lads, but also their matriarch, the giantess Gryla. Regain one use of both the pen is mightier and naughtier nice. Oh, oh so, so optimal usage! Oh my god! Yeah, baby! Optimal! Optimal! As you pick your way through the debris left in the aftermath of your battle with the trolls, you see a number of items that are, you are tempted to take with you. A bell, a lantern, and a pair of ice picks. If you want to take any of the items, add them to the equipment box in your adventure sheet. Obviously, I will add all of these. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a world in which we don't want one of these. The only thing I can think of would be the bell. Mm, yeah, the possibility of uh, jingle giving alertness to our enemies, yeah. I got spurs that go jingle jangle jingle though, so maybe the bell won't particularly. Yeah. I, so you, you want um, to you want to write them all down? I, I I've written them all down personally. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. Let's do More it. content. 
Uh, making it to the door at last, you let yourself out. Pulling your dressing gown tight about you, you set off again through the night-shrouded forest. Turn to 473. The wind rises as the blizzard bites deeper. If you have written down the word cold on your adventure sheet, we turn have. to 493. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That sounds bad. The rapidly dropping temperature has taken a toll on your already cold and weary body. Deduct two endurance points, an agility point, and a combat point, and then turn to 244. That now, is... Rito, can yeah. I propose an idea here? What's up? Eat it, Seeing as I am about to be editing some of these stats, I think that at this point, walking in this frozen wasteland, we have decided that we might recover some of our determination and endurance by uh, errantly tonguing the side of an icicle that smacks of ham. Mmm. I would love ham glass of ice. I would love mm -hmm. to have some ham glass. Yes. I'm afraid we no longer have a glass of water that smacks of ham. That. But we do have 20 endurance points. That is a big loss, but but hey. The thing I'm more concerned about is the loss of one agility in combat. That That's a bit more yeah. spooky. Uh, all right, 244. And so you come at last to the foot of a steep mountain pass and a great tongue of ice that protrudes from it. The front of the face of the glacier rises like a cliff far above your head. And yet, if you are to proceed beyond the ice-rimmed peaks, you are going to have to attempt to scale its frozen immensity. If you have a pair of ice picks, turn to 45. We do. We do indeed. Let's go for it. And I can only imagine we should use them. Oh, absolutely. As the biting wind tugs at your hair and the unremitting cold nips at the skin of your cheeks and the backs of your hands, you struggle on top of... Uh, struggle, struggle on up a vertical ice cliff. Slowly but surely, you climb higher and higher until you come to what appears to be a cave mouth that is formed along a fault line in the face of a glacier. If you want to enter the cave, turn to 303. If you'd rather struggle to the top, turn to 125. Was one of the things we got a lantern? Question? Uh, yes. We got a bell lantern and ice picks. I can only imagine the lantern is useful in the cave. Whether or not that means we should go in, I don't know. I, I agree that the lantern is probably useful in the cave. But is there ever a circumstance where you have ice picks but not a lantern? I guess maybe if you come from a different direction instead of Grilla. Yeah, th there could be another case for that. Also, mm. maybe if you were afraid to pick up one of the things because you thought, like, maybe there's going to be... If you're carrying uh, this many things, like, you're too slow to whatever. Like, that could be an... Mm -hmm. that, that is an axis of interaction that could happen. Um, Theoretically. I... <laughs> I, I like the idea of thinking about the possibility of that, but until the game demonstrates that it cares about the amount of equipment we're holding, yeah. I think having more is better for us. Probably. I also agree that maybe we should go into the ice cave. I mean, we are cold, and we have just taken some damage due to being cold as well. That is true. And the last time we took damage and then immediately found shelter, we got it replenished. I'm down to give it a, a go. Although, on that same uh, bent... We did just tongue the side of an icicle that smacks of ham, so we don't necessarily need a replacement of our endurance as much as we just need regain for our agility in combat. It is true, 
I am on 303 already. I can go back. All right, let's do it. No, let's do it. I'm down. Three, uh, hauling yourself into the ice cave, sheltered from the wind at last, you rest for a moment. Now would be a great time to eat a meal or have a drink or both if you have a frozen ham glass. Uh, as you take in your surroundings, you see some strange carvings etched into the undulating walls of blue ice that form a tunnel, which in turn penetrates deeper into the glacier. Intrigued and wondering what the symbols can mean, you follow the tunnel through the ice. An eerie blue glow seems to come from inside the ice itself, enabling you to see where you're going, no matter how far you are from the moonlit entrance of the cave. The tunnel eventually enters a chamber at the heart of the glacier, and there, suspended in a shaft of silvery moonlight that enters through a narrow hole, hole in the ceiling, is a most magnificent sword. It appears to be made entirely from ice and has snowflake-like patterns carved into the blue-white material of its blade. You've never seen anything quite like it. Snow has drifted into the icy alcoves of the chamber, having entered through the shaft in the roof as well. You imagine while icicles hang down from the ceiling like frozen stalactites. If you want to try and reach into the beam of moonlight to take the sword, turn to 336. If you prefer to leave the clearly magical frozen blade where it is turn to 363 obviously 336 right i we have an equipment menu so i sure want to try mm -hmm. also i will note like i wonder if maybe like sword in the stone kind of like only the the chivalrous valorous courageous etc only the the true person can withdraw this from the stone. I wonder if perhaps the fact that we have the code word kind oh, may come into play here. Oh, that'd be cute. Tentatively, you reach into the beam, hoping that... So 3036? Yep. Tentatively, you reach into the beam, hoping that being nice is the magic all along. Feeling no ill effects, take hold of the pommel of the ice sword. There's a moment of resistant, uh, resistance, and then you pull the blade free. You marvel at the intricate patterns adorning the blade, wondering who made it and how it ended up hidden within a cave inside the glacier. A sound like someone shuffling through the snow takes your attention from the blade and back to your immediate surroundings. As you watch, the, the drifts of snow form themselves into two roughly humanoid shapes. Despite having no obvious legs, these crude snowmen shuffle towards you. As they do so, spears of ice emerge from the ends of snow-formed arms and appear within the gaping maws of yawning and appear within the gaping maws of yawning in their blunt heads, you realize that by taking the ice sword, you have provoked the ire of the elemental spirits that guard this place. Will you try and return the sword, use the lantern to keep the snowmen back, box of delights if you have it, one of the abilities, or fight? Uh, Obviously the lantern, we've it, got it. I mean, it sure seems like that would be a good call. You hold the lantern up before you, abruptly stopping the snowmen in their tracks. But it's not long before they start to creep forward again. If you're going to escape this place, you're going to have to fight the snowmen. But as long as you're holding the lantern out before you, their resolve will be weakened, and they will be easier to defeat. Make a note when you finally face your abominable foes that you may reduce their combat scores both by one point each. Okay. Mental note. If we fight them, they are one point weaker. Uh, what do you know? It's 489, where there's the snowmen. I have made a note. They are one point weaker. <laughs> 
Taking a firm grip on the ice sword, you prepare to defend yourself from the snowmen's icicle claws and teeth with the frozen blade. In the battle, the snowmen have the initiative, but you can fight them one at a time. However, if you have the code word cursed on your adventure seat, nope, cheat, you have, no, 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 we don't. Does the sword not give us any kind All of... All right. Sword not give us any kind of benefit, ice sword. I think we get the benefit of the ice sword, assumedly, but... But what is it? We don't know what the benefit of the ice sword is just yet. I, I think that maybe we... Maybe we'll find out after. But it would seem... I would mm. think that in this moment, it'd be like, you have the ice sword, ice sword is. Take note. I don't know. I, we'll see. Either way, yeah. they have a combat score of five and six... Mm-hmm. Which and we've got ten. They've got initiatives, so they also have the plus ones. So they're just six and seven, right? They're basically whatever they are normally, because the initiative cancels out yeah, the yeah, negative. Yeah, yeah. So six and seven, uh, and we have what right now? Considering our axe? eleven, ten combat, one battle axe, the blacksmith's axe, rather. Okay. Uh, I mean, it says we could fight them individually. I don't know what that. That I think that's what we did last time. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a, a separate rule for rolling once for fighting both, but I'm down for whatever. It's easier to track, I, I would Go say. For it. I'll, I mean, uh, I'll fight the first one. You take the second one out. All right, let's do that. Oh, you poor sap. Eight plus seven. Okay. Oh. Uh, 16. We best them only just. Oh. They got an 11. We got a... What did we have? Uh, 11. Okay. Plus we beat, we beat them. Me. Uh, another 7 and a 6, 13. So unless we roll Snake Eyes, which would be a push, but we don't. So we beat, again, the first Snowman a second time, down to 3 Endurance. Oh <laughs> got a 5 and a 1 versus a 5 and a 1. So just the fact that we are better means we win that one. So they're both down to 3. <gasps> a four and a one and a two and a three. So again, exactly same. They are down to one on the first snowman. Okay, well they got a they got a ten. It's a little bit spooky. Oh, and I got a ten. Wait a minute. This is, hey. needs to stop happening. Even spookier. Is that the second snowman dead? Uh nope. One more roll for the second snowman. Where we we passed them all. Okay, what do you got? Uh, we rolled two higher than them, and we have a higher modifier. The first snowman is dead. All right, they got an eight, so they are at. Uh, wait, we have the second one, so it's fifteen. Uh, and then I rolled an eleven. Okay, dead. Both Hell dead. yeah. Eat snow. All right, we uh, turn to four oh eight for having destroyed both of the abominable snowmen. Having reduced the snowmen to piles of crumbling ice crystals with the sword indisputably in your possession now. Okay, so it was disputably before. So now we probably get to get it. You go to leave the chamber, but as you do so, you suddenly hear a voice inside your head as sharp and clear as ice. My name is Frostbite, the voice says. And I am anathema to all demon kind. Record the ice sword in your adventure sheet. Whenever you use frostbite in a battle against an imp, demon, or devil, you can add two points to your combat rating. And any successful hits... Wait. And any successful hit you deliver with the sword causes one additional point of damage. The, 
<gasps> the important note of that being I'm trying to I'm trying to grok based off of the comment uh the comma placement. Do could we opt to use it with and lose our penalty if we're not finding a demon, an imp, a devil, or a demon? Could we opt to not have our bonus plus one from our axe so that we could do one extra damage? Or no? That's how I'm trying to place uh, this. So that no. A, uh, yeah. the, the and here I think is particularly important whenever you use so it too. against a yeah, imp, devil, or demon and any successful hit you deliver will do. Imp, devil, demon. Krampus has to be a demon, right? Yeah, exactly. He's the Christmas devil, right? This is this was a great detour then, I'd, I'd say. Mm-hmm. 100% agreed. All right, 363. I'm loving this, by the way. This is great fun. Thank you so much for allowing us to go through this, Jonathan Green. Yeah, again, big shadow, big shadow. Uh, 363. On the other side of the ice cave, the tunnel continues on its undulating way through the glacier. <gasps> Wait. Oh, uh, and you follow it until you eventually emerge on the far side at the northern edge of the mountain pass. You make your way through the mountains until you, the ground underfoot starts to slope downwards. And you find yourself looking out across a vast ice sheet. And there, not half a league away, you can see the flickering of candlelight coming from the windows of a vast structure of stone and wood. It must be Santa's workshop. Turn to 100. Has to be. It says it must be, which is not a confirmation that it is. I hope that it is. All right. Uh, this is Krampus's workshop. Sorry. Yeah, shoot. <laughs> nah, this is just a guy's place. Oh. You rush towards the edifice, your heart still pounding in your chest, running as fast as the deep snow will allow. Before you stands an impressive entrance to the workshop, with lanterns hanging beside the huge carved double doors. But off to the left, you can see what appear to be the stables where Father Christmas must keep the reindeer. Do you want to approach the workshop via the main entrance? Would you rather sneak around the side of the building and try and gain access through the stables? I think we want to gain access through the stables because we are supposed to go and talk to one of the reindeers. That's what Father Christmas told us to do. Is it? Wait, do we know for a fact that was a reindeer name? I. Oh, you're right. He said Jingle, I think, was his name. And I just assumed that fits in with Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Donna, etc. I'm down to go to 162. I was assuming that was an Let's elf. Do it. You know what? It sounds a lot more like an elf now that I think about it. I just <laughs> it think I immediately internalized in my soul. Ah, reindeer. Never going to question that again. Move I, on. I just thought Tingle, you know, from Zelda. Yeah. Tingle, Jingle, Tingle, Elf. All right. 162. Avoiding the main entrance, you make your way around to the side of the building and easing open the large wooden door, enter the reindeer stables. Inside, there are a number of stalls, eight altogether, and on the gate of each is a name plaque painted in red, white, and green. The one closest to you reads Comet. It is warm in the stables, and the air is thick with the smell of manure, moldering straw, and the animals themselves. However, your arrival has clearly unsettled the beasts as they start to snort and stamp the floor in agitation, but then, all things considered, it's hardly surprising they're on edge. If you have some carrots, turn to 191. Could we just yoink some carrots off the snowman that we killed? Eh. Mm. if not turned to honestly 
if only. I wouldn't I... be surprised if we ended up with something like that, but I think we should probably just take the uh, take the L on this one. I mean, we, wait, have, I mean, we, have, we have to take the L. It's basically, we should probably not cheat, I think is what you meant to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the reindeer become more and more agitated by your presence and start to upset each other, stamping their hooves and snorting in distress. And it's not long before you hear the grating of a door handle turning and the creak of hinges. Opening the gate to one of the stalls, you dart through and find yourself in what must be the only empty pen in the place. Hearing the jangling of bells cautiously peering out from your hiding place, you see a number of stunted figures enter a stable. From the brightly colored garb and pointed hats, at first you take them for Santa's little helpers, the elfin folk that populate the legends about Father Christmas. But then you catch sight of their hideous faces and spiteful leers, and you realize they look more like demonic imps, doubtless in the service of the Christmas devil himself. The imps are coming closer with every step as they search the stable, trying to get to the bottom of what has upset the reindeer. It's only a matter of time before they'll find you. What do you want to do? Use an ability or die start you roll the die already. They they fell out of my head. <laughs> or use an like ability to... or take the initiative and attack the imps. We I... we have a sword that have... thirsts for the blood of imps. We have a sword that wants to murder. And we have initiative. Mm -hmm. And exactly. we get initiative. Let's go to Let it bathe in the blood. Bathe in blood. Bathe in blood. Leaping out from the stall, you take the imps by surprise. Blood in your teeth. The creatures crying out in alarm as you attack, crying for their mothers. I took some liberties. In this battle, you have the initiative, and in the confines of the stable, you may fight your opponents two at a time. Which really makes it clear we must be doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, a little bit sounds like. But I will say, they get a plus six or at maximum, they get a plus six to their combat, right? We get plus yes. 10, and then another plus two from the Frostbite Sword, and then being Imp, so we have 12. We also have another plus one from Initiative, so we have 13. It's literally impossible our... for them to do damage to us. Is it? Wait. Oh, is it not? So if they if they roll oh, wait, wait, 12, wait, wait. they end up with 18. If we roll one, one, we, it's, it's, we are heavily skewed to win. Okay, yeah, uh, no, 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 no. But... I, I did the math wrong. I saw the, f yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm asking wrong. Hey, okay. send it. So I think, I think you roll and then you subtract it from, you do that one roll versus two imps endurance at the same time while they hit you both at the same time. Oh, so you right. roll, so roll once to figure out what we do. Mm -hmm. Well, we uh, do three damage to both the second and third imp. Great. Wonderful. Just guarantee. Guarantee. <laughs> we, guarantee. We roll too high. Roll too for high to be, like, for them to have a chance. It, exactly. If we roll over a six, immediately they cannot win. Yeah. So they have, to be clear, they have a six, five, six and an endurance of six, five, five. So this, the second and third imp are one off of legal. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. So the third imp rolls 16 against Al. 16. Mm. Which means we just re-roll that or? And the second imp will take a hit to us. Um, so at a push, I was kind of hoping we may never run into pushes here just in case, because it would save us from having to figure it out. But uh, if your combat score is the same as the enemy, roll one die. If the number rolled is odd, you deflect each other's attacks. If it's even, 
you each manage to injure one another. So you deal one endurance to each of you. Ah, uh, okay. All right. It's even. We deflect. Oh, thank God. Okay. Good deal. So that's second imp is dead. Third imp is one off. First imp has is unscathed. So now you're mm. rolling to combat both the first and third imp, which both have six combat score. Mm-hmm. For the audience. That roll was too high. We will kill the third imp and we will half kill the first imp. All right. With an eight added to 13 for a total of 21. These poor guys. The first imp dies. <laughs> All right. Turn to page 41 then. We have won this fight. The imps that you turned to paste uh, lie scattered on the floor. You make for the door uh, from which they entered, and you, which you imagine must lead to the workshop itself. So intent are you on the door that you do not notice the trap door hidden beneath the scattering of straw halfway along the length of the stable. But you notice it when you step onto it, and it springs open beneath you. Turn to page 275. Santa put this here? No, it was the reindeers. Yeah. You slide down a chute only a short distance before dropping into an underground chamber where your fall is broken by a pile of reindeer dung. Oh, it's a good thing. This was actually knife dung in another universe. Uh, mm. What an unpleasant place to find yourself, but, but at least it means you're unhurt. If you have the word cold... Turn to 316, otherwise 296. This was not... Oh, no, we're going to be warmed up. I mean... <laughs> Please? All right. Uh, fingers crossed. Climbing down from the top of the mound of manure, you make your way along an underground passageway, which ends at a small chamber. The only interesting features of the room are the two doors leading from it, both bare-painted wooden plaques. But the one on the left reads toys, and the one on the right reads games. You doubt you could climb the slippery chute back up to the trap door, so the only way onwards is through one of these doors in front of you. Will you choose toys or games? I wonder if the uh, the cold check was just like a like a player balance anti griefing system. So they're like, it was going to do damage to us, but since we already, they're like, well, it was clear that you already took damage, so like we don't want to. I don't want to, don't want to mm. ruin your life. Like maybe it was that. I don't know. That's the, that's the only lead I have because this makes, this has no relation to the cold. Yeah, agreed. Not sure what has gone on there. I think but... it was a kindness. Uh, my guess is it was a kindness. Um, toys or games? Toys or games? I think it's possible that we're kind of like choosing on a meta level here. Effectively, do we want equipment or do we want like, like opportunity? Do we want event mm. or do we want item? That is a great question. We have some good item already, for sure. We do. We absolutely do. Uh, I'm, but I'm fine with either, because I'm also, like, I'm intrigued by potential toy monsters. Like, not that I should want, you know, be like, I can't, I want to fight this kind of monster. The idea mm -hmm. of a, you know, like a demon Christmas toy is, is titillating. Uh, it's like it's it's tin soldier yes it's animated nutcracker absolutely it's 
obviously we've fought snowmen already the, the christmas tree aunt also makes a bunch of sense i want to see a christmas tree in this situation yeah, yeah, i want to see yeah. some presents that explode i mean that's kind of typical as well yeah well either way do you have a do you have a strong lead on one of these i'm down to take the let's go toys let's okay. do it 432 Opening the door labeled toys, you step through and find yourself in a large room lit by a single lantern hanging from the middle of the ceiling. <laughs> Roll one die or pick a card. If the number rolled is odd or the card is red, turn to 394. Otherwise, if it's black, turn to 293. Gonna... Alright, time to get a card then. Yep. <laughs> red. All right, I will say I do like that. Um, it's, it does not present to you which one is optimal before you go. Mm -hmm. Like, not that that's that big of a thing, but it is nice for anti scum technique. The walls of the room are covered with shelves from floor to ceiling, and these shelves are crammed full of dolls and cuddly toys ready to be sent out to children all over the world. There's even boxes on the floor filled with rag dolls and stuffed animals. The air is filled with a fine haze of lint and stuffing fibers, which makes you sneeze. On the other side of the room is another door leading onwards. But as you start to make your way towards it, a cardboard box sealed with tape suddenly starts to move, and you hear a deep growling coming from within. You're only halfway across the large room when the box tips over and suddenly something tears its way out. You can instantly see that it is a teddy bear. But it's almost as tall as you are, can move out of its own volition, and has steel-sharp claws as well as mouth crammed with needle-like teeth. And it's blocking your way to the other door. The stuffed bear growls again and starts to move towards you. What do you do? Uh, naughty or nice, pen is mightier, or prepare to defend yourself against the maligned teddy bear. Uh, so what do we... May I get a... a half like, i don't know halfway point i could spend two hours i have no idea a however many mm. points uh stock check on our current ability usages absolutely <laughs> so we have Crabs zero used oh, charges right. for the pen is mightier as we have recovered one we have one used charge for naughty or nice as we have also recovered one there we have 10 agility 10 combat and 20 endurance we also have the co-words cruel cold kind crowded cretinous and the meals flambeed shrimp with white chocolate dressing fully loaded mac and cheese and hot dog in a cup all right uh as much as i'm sure we could wipe the floor part of me has in the back of my head that like maybe it's optimal to be at one usage of pen is mightier after it got replenished before I'm not against it. Let's do it. Let's go to 261. I also do want to see how, like, Naughty or Nice or Pen is Mightier actually resolve things, because they resolve them in unique ways. They do. It's not just like a, well, you win, smile. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe in some instances it is, but... All right. 261. In the, your moment of desperation, an idea hits you like a blow to the back of the head. Pulling a hobby horse from a bucket by the door, you hurl it at the lantern hanging from the ceiling. Hobby horse. Uh, I don't know what that is. Just as you had hoped, the whirling wooden pole strikes the lantern, knocking it from its hook, and it falls onto the floor beside the advancing teddy bear. 
You watch half in horror and half in delight as the lantern shatters, dousing the maligned animated monstrosity with burning oil. The bear goes up in an instant. It flails about the room, setting fire to the other stuff, toys as it does so. Oh, a high-pitched shriek rises from amidst the flames. Making the most of the opportunity, you sprint the length of the room past the burning bear. Cross off a use of pen is mightier and turn to 242. I believe a hobby horse is one of those like just straight up poles that just has uh, like a horse head on one end and people kind of like, ride it around like it. I googled. Yeah. I just googled. It is indeed that. Love. Also, I think that sounds like optimal usage because it sounds like we may have potentially stopped a different fight too. Mm -hmm. Like a group fight. You make it to the far although, door. Although. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. Oh, you're saying, like, maybe downside of burning up all the toys, like, Christmas is ruined, or we don't get a... There's a certain equipment we don't get or something? Yeah, that's precisely where that, my worry lies. That is fair. That is potentially fair. You make it to the far door, and you throw yourself through, slamming it shut again behind you, but your troubles are not over yet. Oh man. Turn to page seven. <laughs> I've been trying to end our troubles with all of these decisions so far. Every single one has been an effort of ending troubles. Suddenly beset by a grinding of gears, you look up to discover that you are locked within the targeting sights of a mechanical toy robot. It's taller than you are, and its eye visor glows with a malevolent red light, while bolts of blue lightning arc between the antenna protruding from its angular head. It, as it raises its arms, you see that its hand that in its hands the robot is holding a pair of glowing ray guns. In the split second before it unleashes a fusillade of chorus of coruscating energy beams. If you're in position of the box of the lights, God, what do we what do we need to do to get the box of the lights? That thing seems OP. Mm. Turn to two twelve, otherwise go to one seventy three. Oh. All right, we need to escape this framalization in whatever yeah. way possible. Framalize, framalize. There isn't time to think as the robot fires its ray guns. Only, only enough time to react. Take an agility test. What do we have for agility? Ten or eleven? We are currently at ten. Let, this is the least optimal agility God. chest. We roll a five and a four. We succeed. Oh! Frightening. Pass very, very frightening. Thunderbolts and lightning. Primalize and lightning. Uh, throwing yourself forwards, you roll across the floor, the robot's fusillade of laser fire hitting the door, which you were standing in front of only a moment ago, and come back up to your feet right next to the robot. Knocking the guns from its pincer-like hands, you prepare to take on the battery-powered brute. If you want to employ the pen is mightier ability, and you still can, turn to 190, uh, 149, otherwise, turn to 179. Um, we also make a note that we will have initiative in that battle. Oh. That makes me... I was already kind of on the fence. If we're fighting with initiative, I feel a little bit more confident. I, But also... Mm. Wait, did we just use pen is mightier or not your nice? Uh, we used the pen is mightier, so we have one charge of each used. Okay. Huh. I, I want to fight it at this right. point. 179, let's do it. 179 especially with the advantage yeah yeah uh the robot oh god the robot moves towards you on roller feet and tries to grab you with its snapping pincers 
Which one of you has the initiative depends on how you got to this point. Thanks to its armored shell, you have to reduce any damage you manage to do by one point, meaning we have to be successful eight times against a combat score of eight. Mm -hmm. This is... Tough. Tough. This is by far the most, like, aside from Krampus, which I think was almost designed to do a little bit of damage to you, mm. uh, this is definitely the most likely that we'll take a, a little smack in somewhere along the way. Yeah, looking at this battle, I am starting to get hungry. Absolutely. <laughs> I see what you're saying. All right. <laughs> you want to send us a bit of, right. a bit of rolls you, here? Combat you, score of eight. Would you like to roll for the robot and I'll roll for us in this instance? Great. I do. I want to. I have not mentioned it. I just want to note that I got uh, a set of two red and two green dice. So I'm like kind of. I'm rolling Christmas die here. And it's it's kind of nice. All right, so I'm, I'm, I'm completing the RGB triad with four blue dice. Oh, there we go. Right, so I'm rolling for robot? Yes, so you'll be adding eight, and I will be adding 12. Ten for combat, plus one for initiative, and plus one for battlesmith's axe. Six. So, 14. <laughs> what? Uh, I also roll 14, as I rolled snake eyes. Oh, okay. So now you roll, you roll a die... Uh, even mm -hmm. is on evens. It's even's good. fully deflected. Even that is a two, fully deflected. New round of combat. Okay, all right. I roll for twelve. You should be fine. Twenty total. Okay, so that's that's one. Yep. Oh. Only gonna do this seven more times. We got a ways to go. Oh lord, that's seven. That's not great. That's a fifteen. That's... Another twenty. Oh, thank God. Okay, two. You can't beat so, my next, so I, well, you I will just knock another point off. It was a three. That was 11. So, okay. 22. 22 for the next, which is good because I rolled a, a nine. Okay. That that would be 17. Thank God. That was mm -hmm. that one could have been bad. Roll a uh, seven. So that is 15 again. 19. Oh, thank God. I think we have three oh, oh. points of endurance remaining on the robot at this point. That's an 11. Okay, 19. This might be bad. 20. Oh. <laughs> a 5, a 3, and 12. Let's go. Okay. Two more. Four, 12. Should 17. Be Should be fine. All right. The big blow. One Here we remains. Go. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you roll? 11. I rolled 24, double six. <laughs> One and a two. I, we crit the robot. We slice it in such a fashion that its head flies off. We, we crit it so bad we get a uh, charge of pen is mightier back. Imagine. No. 390. We've done it. That was pretty pretty smooth, actually. The mm -hmm. scariest roll was the first. And then we had eight clean, easy peasies. The robot no longer a threat. You open the door it was guarding and step through to page 492. You find yourself in a broad corridor lit with holly-wreathed Christmas lanterns that runs both left and right. Echoing from the right, you hear some noisy clattering, while to the left, you hear nothing at all. So which way do you want to go? Left or right? Ha! Ah. Hmm headlong into battle. See, here's my thing. We are pretty well equipped 
to fight Krampus, specifically. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much we are, like, uh, the only data we have is noise in one way, nothing in the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, and we are trying Which to run headlong into battle. In in the, the quiet area, it's possible that someone is lying in wait. That is true. Either someone's lying in wait. The other option being that the clattering is kind of like a mechanical clattering of like a trap. Uh, of mm. which, that is, I would say at this point, agility checks are probably our, uh, the biggest point of us potentially getting bodied. Ability checks or particularly strong non-imp devil demons. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so this is a tough choice. I mean, it's it's abstract mostly. Do you have a strong way that you're leaning? Z zero. Zero lean. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's, these are always the toughest choices when they're like, they give you the faintest amount to go on and you're like, I feel like I should be able to extrapolate more data from this. Mm -hmm. but I don't know how to. So... Take the left path? Uh, left path, no sound. Sounds good to me. In that it's, Sounds like nothing I was going to gonna say, sounds good to me, no matter what you said. <laughs> uh, where is this page that we are looking for as well? 461. 461, thank you much, Lee. The corridor ends at a large wooden door bearing a grim visage. Visage? Visage. I always... It's like, it's always, where do you hear it first? It was League of Legends for me. So I just had to make it up myself. Carved into the wood, like some hideous cross between a man and a goat. Well, on the lintel above the door, someone has painted the words, you'd better be good for goodness sake. Listening at the door for a moment, you hear what sounds like a muttering of low voices coming from behind it. If you want to risk opening the door, turn to 441. If you'd rather leave well enough alone and want to follow the corridor, turn to 362. Uh, I think what we found, it must be uh, Santa's workshop. No, we found Krampus's workshop. That's why the, the reindeers in here are particularly ornery, and that's why the imps in here are devils rather than the elfin folk. I mean, I think it's totally possible. Uh... I also think that maybe we could just bust in and try and kill him with the sword. Like, at, at this like part of me. I, at this point, I I am feeling like, uh, unlike, I, I think we've equipped ourselves in a way where, because we fought Krampus, we know his stat block. And we know it's, mm. it's spooky, but also that if it was just like head-to-head, -head, final fight, us right now versus Krampus right now, we would almost assuredly come out like fine um, yeah we're the hunter not the hunted right now yeah we are we have shifted things and the longer we go the more likely it is that we whittle down our energy our agility and our combat so True. i'm more concerned by that obviously we could get stuff but i'm i'm more worried about us falling than rise than uh thinking we could rise at this point either way 441 mm, i like 441 let's do it opening the door it's not locked you enter what is patiently wait patently a prison cell only a few paces from the entrance, the chamber is bisected by a wall of bars, in the middle of which is a cage door. Packed in behind the bars are dozens and dozens of forlorn-looking figures. While they're all clearly adults, they are all shorter than you. And from their garish pied clothes, they are notici noticeably pointed ears. You can only assume that they are Santa's helpers, the elves you would expect to find slaving away in the workshop. Upon catching sight of you, 
Their changing expressions run the whole gamut of emotions, from anxious to bewildered to hopeful, as they realize that you are not one of the ones who imprisoned them here, but you might actually be their salvation. Hello! Asks a female elf wearing purple clothes and red curly-toed shoes. You tell her your name, and as the elves press you for more information asking how you came to be here, you end up relating the details of your journey through the Arctic wilderness to the home of Father Christmas. In surprise, or in return, they tell you how Krampus and his imps took them by surprise, rounding them up and imprisoning them in the very cell that had been the Christmas Devil's home for the last two millennia. I was going to ask why there was a prison in Santa's workshop. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. But also, he's been locked there for 2,000 years. I, I mean, hmm? that doesn't sound particularly comfortable. True. Let us out and we will help you overcome the usurper and his imps and put them back where they belong. The female elf, whose name is Sugar Plum, says with grim resolution, This sounds like a much better plan than taking on the Christmas devil by yourself. However, the cell is locked and there's no sign of a key. Uh, if you have a set of lockpicks or a skeleton key, turn to 425. Otherwise, 399. Wait here! <gasps> oh, 399! Rampus has the key. The chief elf, whose name is Jingle, says dejectedly. But I've been trying to wear a sparrow's cap, says Sugar Plum. Where? You ask excitedly. Mrs. Christmas keeps one in the pocket of her apron. And where might I find Mrs. Christmas? You ask. In her pantry, has the kitchens. Says Jingle. And where are the kitchens? At the other end of that corridor. The chief elf says, pointing through the grim doorway by which you entered the dungeon cell. If you ever find yourself reading a section that begins reaching the far side of the kitchen... You may look for Mrs. Christmas. Wait, you can look for Mrs. Christmas's pantry by deducting 50 from the section number and turning to that section instead. Okay. Oh, neat. Reaching the far side of the kitchen. Minus 50 page. That's mm -hmm. very clever. Uh, but for the time being, you have no choice but to leave the imprisoned elves where they are and make your way along the corridor towards the kitchens. Turn to 362. Making your way along the lantern-lit corridor, you eventually come to a set of double doors which swing open at your touch, and you find yourself at the entrance to a cavernous kitchen. Everywhere you look, you s everywhere you look strange, overweight, goblin-like creatures wearing food-stained aprons and tall chef hats are preparing platters of the most marvelous confections. You can see trays of marzipan fruits, candy canes, meringues, candied fruits, toffee apples, as well as the most magnificent jellies, boiled, boiled bowls of sweets, mountains of mince pies, donuts, cakes, cream horns, and yet no ham glass of water. The sight of the sublime call this a buffet. <laughs> the sight of the sublime sweet meats and the delectable syrupy scents that fill the air have your mouth watering in moments. A great oven bathes the kitchen in its infernal glow whilst making an un it almost unbearably hot for someone wearing a dressing gown. On the far side of the kitchen stands a set of double doors which you hope will lead you up to Father Christmas's workshop. 
The kitchen is so chaotically busy that you're confident you could sneak through it, ducking under tables and behind pillars as required, and escape without being spotted by the curious confectioners. And so you set off, dropping your hands and knees to crawl under the table when a goblin chef walks past carrying a tray of iced buns. It'd be easy to snaffle a prize from one of the trays of tempting treats as you make your way through the kitchen. Do you give in to temptation and help yourself to a cooling toffee apple? Or will you attempt to make your way across the kitchen without giving in to temptation? So this is clearly like, risk it for something akin to a biscuit. Mm, like, exactly. I we... think this might even give us the sweet treat, the sweet delight or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, I'm fairly confident this is, like, what, make an agility check to potentially gain a meal? Possibly. Sounds about right to me. Um, the question is if we're willing to risk that. Because we have, what, three meals left? Uh, yes, we have three meals remaining. I, I wonder if it might be a key item rather than a meal. Oh, like, like... with that in mind, I'm But I'm down it does say well. help yourself too, so... It's difficult to tell. I uh, lean slightly towards 332 personally. That is the cooling toffee apple. Let's do it. It's no good. You can't resist the delectable delights arrayed on the tables and swipe a toffee apple from the cooling rack. Record the toffee apple on your adventure sheet. It's the equivalent of a meal. Okay. Uh, but as you continue to crawl across the kitchen using the tables for cover, you become aware of a high-pitched chuntering noise coming from behind you. Still on your hands and knees, you glance behind you several table lengths away. Half a dozen gingerbread men are scouring the tiled floor. Their iced expressions are twisted into unwelcoming grimaces. It would seem that the kitchen has its own half-baked guardians. Scrambling from under the table, you duck into an alcove, hoping to escape the attention of the gingerbread men. But your decision is more of a case out, uh, more a case out of out of the frying pan and into the fire than getting away by the skin of your teeth. Racks and racks of Cinnamon spice cookie creations drop down from the shelves in the alcove to attack. One of them even lands on your shoulder and bites you before you can shake it. Lose two endurance points. Okay, well, so far, still a plus two from the apple. Mm -hmm. How do you want to deal with this new threat? Do you hope to try offering the gingerbread men something in hope to, of appeasing them on 217, or would you prepare to defend yourself once again on 419? What would we offer them? If we have them? to defend ourselves, we've got to defend ourselves against multiple people. Yeah. What would we offer them? I mean, I don't think they would accept any of our meals. I don't think they would accept the axe, the bell, the lantern, the ice picks, the frostbite sword. I suspect it's most likely they would, you know, accept treats and things like that, like that were not from this area. So maybe they would also want the sweet delight. Yeah, my guess is like maybe this is the penultimate use of whatever that sweet delight is. But, mm. or, or not the penultimate, the ultimate. Uh, I think we pretty much, I, I, I agree that we probably don't have anything that they would want and we go to yeah. 419. I'm happy to defend myself against them. We can do that quite effectively. You never imagined the day would come when you would have to fight off a baker's dozen of gingerbread man. If you want to employ the pen is mightier, turn to 359. If you want to risk using your naughty or nice, turn to 107. If you do not want to use either of your special abilities at this time, or they're no longer available, 494. The interesting phrasing on mm. Naughty or Nice. 
Well, I mean, Naughty or Nice was always proposed as being a little bit of a risk. The pen is mightier is like you negate the situation. Naughty or Nice is you invert it. It's true. It's true. Just, I don't, I don't feel like I remember them expressly implying the mm. risk in the, in the writing in the past. Uh, do you have a, we have, have we used one and one right now or what? We've used one and one of each, pen is mightier and naughty or nice. I, you know, like I'm not feeling greedy to them at this point. You know, Let's two hours, 38 in. The question is which one, pen is mightier? I think the risk almost makes me keener. Oh, one oh seven. Trying to I... ward me off of naughty or nice. All right, I'll do it anyway. One oh seven. Let's do it. Uh, as they advance towards you, the gingerbread men come together in a huddle before your very eyes and merge their bodies together. As they do so, the now shapeless lump of gingerbread starts to swell and grow. In no time at all, the doughy mass is as tall as you are and limbs extrude from the giant ball of gingerbread as it takes on a recognizably humanoid form once again. Cross off a naughty and nice and turn to 377. I think we made a giant man. We'll see. We may have amplified our problems. Fearing for the worst, and no longer caring that the goblin cooks might see you, you stumble from your hiding place, staring up at the gigantic gingerbread man in horror. Following you from your hiding place, the agglomeration of gingerbread, which is only just able to stand upright without scraping its head on the ceiling, storms after you, upending tables and sending trays of food flying. The goblin cooks scatter before the gingerbread golems advance, but the hulking colossus isn't concerned about them, its only concern is that you do not escape it. How on earth are you going to defend yourself against a giant, malevolent biscuit person? We'll use the box of delights if you have it. Throw something at the golem. Sprint for the double doors on the other side of the kitchen. Tempt fate by using your naughty or nice special ability if you still can. Or prepare to fight the colossal confection. Ho. Oh. So we... Did we use naughty or nice to get here? Mm-hmm. We did, right? It was the risk. It's asking us to use naughty or nice again, which would be our final charge of naughty or nice, but surely if you're gonna get a positive result at naughty or nice, it's after inverting twice. One would think. <laughs> One would think that would put us back to where we were, at the very least. Um it definitely seems friendly. to imply how spooky this would really be to fight um i think with our endurance and meals though we could fight it if that's what we want to do i don't think we should try and sprint past it or anything like that because we need to be in the kitchen for that other engagement and being chased by a gingerbread golem while we're looking for the key that uh mrs christmas may have hidden here doesn't seem conducive um yeah I'm I'm happy to fight it or use naughty or nice. I think those are the two that I'm most keen on. Do you have a lean? I'm I'm morbidly curious about the final naughty or nice. I'm I fear it kills us, but I don't think it will. I don't think I don't think that the book would say, "Oh, you used your really special resource twice." you die that doesn't sound right to me so yeah. 
I'm happy to go to 194. I like it. And I know it's risky. Cross off one use of the special ability. As the golem lumbers towards you, it steps on a rolling pin that has ended up on the floor in all of the confusion. The offending foot shoots out from under, and after losing its balance, the cookie colossus topples backwards. The old saying goes, the bigger they are, the harder they fall, and this is certainly true of the gingerbread golem. What is more, the monster actually ends up with its head in the kitchen's large and fiery furnace of an oven. Making the most of the opportunity, you make a break for it and turn to page 300. We did it! So far, so fine. Oops. Oh, shoot. Uh, reaching the far side of the kitchen. Oh, this is what? the one. <clears throat> Negative 50 to that page, if you could, please. 250? Mm-hmm. You're about to leave when you are reminded of what Jingle the Elf told you about Mrs. Christmas's Mrs. Christmas's pantry being off the kitchens. If you don't free the elves, who else will? You owe it to at least try to find the key to the prison. Darting glances around you through the clouds of steam filling the kitchen, you suddenly catch a sight of a door with a painted sign on it that reads, Home Sweet Home. You are sure this is what you're looking for. Keeping close to the wall, you dart across the door to the door, opening it and sneak through closing it quietly again behind you. Hearing a muffled grunt behind you, you spin around and are met by a shocking sight. Bound to a rocking chair by heavy ropes is a plump lady of indeterminate age, a pair of round spectacles perched on the end of her nose, and with a mob cap covering her gray curls. Her clothes are of red velvet trimmed with white fur, and she is also wearing an apron. Who is this? Who is this, Raps? <laughs> Who could this be? No clue, possibly. No clue. It's Krampus, right? It's Krampus? Is this Krampus? <laughs> but the sight of the one you are sure has imprisoned her here is even more shocking. It is quite clearly a humanoid figure, six feet tall, but made entirely of sweets. Everything from licorice to coconut ice to candy floss and fluffy marshmallows. How sweet! The candy creature cries in a shrill voice. Pulling a red-hot poker from the grate of the little fire that warms Mrs. Christmas's pantry, the sugary psychopath advances, saying, What game shall we play today? Squeal, piggy squeal? You are going to have to act fast if you're to save Mrs. Christmas and yourself from the minist- Wait, the ministrations of the creepy candy man. If you want to use naughty or nice, nope, cannot. No longer can. Cannot do. 488. 488. The Candyman stalks towards you on lollipop legs and feet of fudge. Will you use pen as mightier, attack the confection, or call his name three times in hopes of banishing him? I worry that that's more likely to buff him <laughs> or, like, teleport him next to us. Like, why would it banish him? Like, the, the thing is, if you say his name three times, also, apparently you need a mirror involved or something like that. Like, this all does not seem to comport i think it's possible we say his name three times and then he bonks us on the head like what are you talking about i'm down either way to just go 470 and fight him regardless love it let's fight him this sweet tooth terror has tormented mrs christmas long enough you always knew that too much sugar could be bad for you in this battle Candyman has the initiative and a combat score of eight endurance of eight uh okay so I can't right. imagine this is an imp, devil, or demon, so we probably just have the plus one. 
Yes, we, we will have, have plus 10 and plus 1 from our combat and our Battlesmith's Axe, giving us a plus 11. You have the 7 and the 1 from Initiative for Candyman. Would you like to roll the Candyman? Sure. And then, yeah, we need eight or four successful checks. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we have an 18 on our side. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, 11. Uh, 19. Ooh, we take two damage! We actually, yeah! We actually, we actually take a hit. We actually take a hit here. Candyman can. He can take a hit? He can take a hit. <laughs> well, <laughs> he can deal a hit. We'll see if the Candyman can. Because, yeah. As we attack him with, ooh, uh, that is 19. Uh, this is a 6 plus 8, 14. Fine. Yeah, we're good. Down to 6. Excellent. Uh, this is a 20. This is an 8, 16. Down to 4. Oof. Uh, 16. 7, uh, seven plus 8. Oh, got math. 15. We're fine. That was a close one, though. Alright, and... final one. Uh oh. Okay, sorted. Alright, what'd you roll? All right. Final blow. Uh, that is a 7, and 7 plus our 11 makes us an 18. I rolled a four. He's dead. <laughs> that's a, Hell yeah. That's a twelve. Yeah, that's a twelve. Candyman can't take a hit. <laughs> and dies. We hack the sugar spun psychopath to bits and turn to page four thirty as a result. Four thirty. Mrs. Christmases. That's a fun every time. Mrs. Christmases. Hmm. Captor dealt with you turn your attention to the old lady, hastily untying her. Thank you, my dear, Mrs. Christmas says, as soon as you remove the gag from her mouth. For a moment there, I thought I was really done for. What happened? You ask as you set to work, loosening the ropes, binding her into the rocking chair. Oh, it was that Krampus, that fiend. After we provided him with a roof over his head for these last, I don't know how many centuries. But his discontentment must have been brewing a long time. When that attack came, it all came so quickly, and I didn't know what was going on. He waited for my husband, gone out on his rounds, of course. I only pray Jingle, Sugar Plum, and the others are all right. I hate to think how the goblins might have adulterated my recipes. I know where Santa's little helpers are. You tell the concerned old lady. Krampus has them locked up in his old cell. I mean, I came here for finding means to let him out. Then you'll be needing this? Says Mrs. Christmas, pulling a large iron key from a pocket in her apron. With a cell key in your possession, you make for the door of the pantry again. Mind how you go? Mrs. Christmas calls after you as you leave. Keeping to the shadows at the edge of the kitchen, you back out of the way you first came in, and making your way back down the corridor, return to the chamber in which the elves have been imprisoned. Jingle, Sugarplum, and the others are delighted, if amazed, to see you. The look in their, on their beaming faces as you fit the heavy iron key into the lock of the cage door, speaking volumes. And you hear a click, and the cage opens. Turn to page 23. The elves burst from the dungeon cell and charge along the corridor beyond, shouting and hollering, carrying you along with them. From there, they rampage through Mrs. Christmas's kitchens and do not stop until they enter Santa's workshop, a place that overwhelms you with its sheer scale and deafening noise. The heart of Father Christmas's toy factory is one enormous production line. 
Miles and miles of clanking wooden conveyor belts crisscross the cyclopean space, which is also decorated in a veritable, veritable forest of Christmas trees, which in turn are adorned with miles of tinsel and a profusion of blown glass baubles. And everywhere you look, there are mountains of presents. At first, you take the factory workforce to be elves as well until you focus on their hideous features and leering demonic sneers. These aren't Santa's little helpers. They're more like Satan's little helpers. The toys, the, the toys, the toys, the horrible impish creatures are manufacturing don't look like the sort of things you would imagine many children would have written down on their Christmas list this year. There are grim-faced dolls wielding bloody axes, headless teddy bears, clockwork creations with snapping, gin-trapped jaws. Upon seeing the imps and the booby-trapped toys they are making, a roar of rage rises from the elves and they pour into the workshop, arming themselves with anything that comes to hand. From spanners to screwdrivers to mallets to crowbars, the elves attack the imps. As the elves engage the impish army in pitched battle, pointing towards a wooden staircase at the far end of the hall and the grand set of double doors at the top, the chief elf Jingle calls out to you. I'm Father Christmas! You don't need to be told twice. You sprint for the stairs, taking them two at a time, and you throw yourself through the doors, entering the center of operations here at the North Pole. Turn to 485. You're standing in what can only be described as a large office. The room is dominated by a huge stone fireplace, and there's a roaring fire burning within it even now. On one wall is a vast notice board onto which uh, have wait onto which have been pinned work schedules and a calendar-based planner on which the 24th December has been ringed in a thick red pen. On the opposite wall is a huge map of the world. Despite being larger than many people's homes, the office is crammed with filing cabinets and desks, and in one quarter of the room is a veritable mountain of mailbags. Piles of open letters cover the workstations. Passing one of them, you see that it's covered with curled squares of yellowed parchment, with things written on them like, Jing, oh, well, you know what? You want to take this? As Santa? Oh. Hold on. Jingle! Don't forget to feed the reindeer! And? Remind me to get something nice for Mrs. Christmas. The largest desk, a monster of a thing that looks like it must have been put together from an entire oak tree, stands in front of the fire and clearly belongs to the boss. There are stacks of open envelopes on this desk too, as well as a large leather-bound book. However, the office is entirely devoid of human life, or any other form of life for that matter. As well as the double doors leading to the factory floor, there's another smaller way in and out facing the fireplace. You can't help feeling like time is running out, so do you want to leave the office through the smaller door without further delay, or do you want to examine the things on Father Christmas's desk first? Basically, right Gross. now, it's what? Like, we're looking for a further advantage in the Krampus fight. Yeah, pretty much. There's stacks of open leather, uh, open envelopes on the desk too, as well as a large leather-bound book. I guess we're looking for some weakness in that leather-bound book, maybe a a uh, a code word even. Yeah. Do you do you think we'd find one? I think that since we have the frostbite ice sword, we may not need one. Fair. Um. There is also a war going on outside, so maybe we should be hasty about this kind of thing. True. The completionist in me always wants to look at everything. It's so though. tough. Uh, we have 
we have, still have a use of uh, Pandas Mighty, right? right here. We have one use. We have two? two of them, in fact. Two. You know, maybe we just go four six two then. If you want, if you want to, if you want to fulfill that urge, I think we might have the tools to get away with. Like in the same way, we might get away to like fix it. Embossed onto the red leather uh, cover of the huge tome in gold leaf are three words: naughty or nice. The letters are clearly those that, uh, wait, those that children from all over the world have sent to Father Christmas. Do you want to take a closer look at the book or the letters? 474 for the, the book, Naughty or Nice, or 445 for the letters. So a Naughty or Nice, we would probably be able to check, like, you know, that's the Naughty or Nice list. You know, every child in the universe is listed by whether or not they're Naughty or Nice. Uh, do we need any of that information? Is there any reason we would? The only lead I would have for the why that route would be exciting is like maybe we could get naughty or nice charges replenished. Mm. That's the only lead I have on why that would be useful. I similarly don't have a lead on why the letters would be useful. Mm, like, also true. Like, Santa, dear Santa, I found out the weakness to Krampus. He doesn't like <laughs> it when you tickle his knee. Like... I don't know. Oh. I don't. I don't. I don't really. Let's I'm go. Feeling... Let's go for the book. Okay. You're well, right. There's there's no direct intrinsic reason to believe that there's information in either of them, but the book seems like it might be more valuable just in general. It's just based off of the fact that it says the thing that's on our sheet. <laughs> that's really just it for me. The spine cracks open as you open the ancient book and you find yourself gazing upon a column after column and page after page of names. Anywhere you look in the book on the left-hand side are the names of those who have been deemed naughty, written in black ink, while on the right-hand side, in, in red, the names of those who have been classified as nice. Flicking through them in the huge ledger, gazing in wonder at the list of names, you come to a double-page spread on which have been written only two names. On the left-hand page, in large black gothic letters, reads the name Krampus. While on the right-hand page, in red ink, it's your name. You now have one extra use of the naughty or nice special ability. Record this on your adventure sheet. If you want to take a book, the book with you, add the ledger of souls to your list of equipment and make note that your, appear, your name appears on page 400. I mean, we should probably take it, right? Mm-hmm. Oops. We have done that indeed. I've listed down Ledger of Souls, page 100. All right. You are suddenly aware of a fluttering sound coming from the stone-built fireplace. Sounds like something has got stuck up in the chimney. Will you go and take a look, read the letters written by the children, or leave the office and continue your search for Father Christmas? I wonder if taking a look is too long to take or if we should continue searching for Father Christmas. I'm I'm down to take a uh, or to sorry to leave and continue the search on on mm -hmm. the guys that like what would be in there at this point yeah. it it's what not going to be Krampus or Father Christmas is it like it wouldn't that wouldn't make sense I mean eh, it could be but I don't think it is sixty six sixty six works for me. Leaving the supervisor's office, you enter what you realize is the entrance hall. Other doors lead from, uh, lead from it to other parts of the complex, but you start to wonder whether Father Christmas is even inside the building at all. Your suspicions are confirmed when you realize that one of the large double doors leading outside is slightly ajar. 
Making your way to the door, you peer out into the biting cold night, and then you see something that wasn't there when you first arrived at the workshop. Some 200 yards away, you can see flames flickering at the top of a snow-covered hill and strange, capering figures while over, while overhead, ragged black shapes circle the sky beneath the rippling green coruscation of the northern lights. That's a boss fight location if I've ever heard one. Mm-hmm. Determined to find out what's going on, you set off to the snow once more. If you have the word cold recorded on your adventure sheet, turn to 356. We do, right? That's... That's the one that we had. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yikes. Three fifty-six. No choice about it, though. Yep. It's still bitterly cold outside, despite pulling the collar of your dressing gown up to keep out the icy wind. As soon your teeth are chattering, your arms and legs are shivering. Deduct two endurance points, one agility point and one combat point. What are we at for endurance after that? Uh, fourteen. I feel as though we, like, really should at the very least eat one thing, right? Absolutely. What do you think it's the time for, though? Um, we need a hearty meal to give us inspiration. I, But I also feel like we need to have a little bit of fancy, like, a little bit, something fanciful. I, I think we go for the flam, mm. flambeed shrimp at this point. Let's do it. Flambeed shrimp. Don't forget about that white chocolate dressing. With the white truck, yeah, I I didn't have enough page uh, room on my page, so I just I had to forget about it for for writing it down. But <laughs> I I made it run over the side. It does fair, not fair, look fair. good, but it was there. It is now deleted. We have consumed it, and turned to page four eighty three. All right, here we go. Sephiroth, the sight that greets you when you reach the top of the hill has you looking on in horror and disbelief. A diabolical sigil has been marked out in the snow with soot, comprised of a pentagram bound within a circle. At each of the five points of the demonic star, there burns a a brazier fashioned from an upturned antlered skull atop a wooden pole. But what is more horrible to your appalled gaze than the unholy symbol itself? Then the unholy symbol itself is the fact that the slightly overweight old man lies trussed up in its center, and judging by his round belly, red coat, and trousers... And white beard, it can only be Father Christmas. Standing at the bottom point of the inverted star is your nemesis, the one you've hunted for far and wide this entire night, the hideous, the horned, the goat-legged Christmas devil himself, Krampus. Four crow-like figures draped in tattered cloaks stand behind the braziers that mark out the remaining four points of the pentagram while more of the ragged figures whirl through the sky, black silhouettes against the coruscating northern lights. The chanting voices of figures drift to you over the snow, and although you cannot understand what they're saying, it nonetheless makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand on end. You can only assume that the devil and his servants are enacting a dark rite to break Santa's power, doubtless intending to usurp his position, but whatever the truth of the matter, you know that what you have to do is do what you can to try and rescue Father Christmas from the foul fiend's clutches. If you're in possession of the Box of Delights, there is a number you have associated with the magical item. Aw, turn it to the section with the same number now. Well, my guess is, you know, we probably should have turned to... But but we can't cheat. (laughs) I, I think it's possible that when we went into the forest... 
we chose a path that if we went on to instead the ice fields and then the castle beyond, we may have found the uh, Box of Delights. But on this side, it's worth noting, we've got the Frostbite Ice Sword. Sure, yeah. we might have had the Box of Delights, but when it comes to fighting Krampus, we might be well equipped. Yeah, so 439. I, I will say also, I really like the intro for Krampus here, which kind of sounds like a, like a wrestling announcement. I know. Like, Standing at the bottom point of the inverted star is your nemesis, the one I you've hunted for far and wide this night, the hideous horn god Black Demon! It's so good. It's, it seems like it's written intentionally in that voice even as well. Oh, yeah, uh, more or less, yeah. 439. The creatures soaring and swooping overhead cackle with sinister glee as they sweep through the air, apparently unhindered by gravity. If you have the word cruel written on your adventure sheet, turn to 335. If not, if you have the word kind turn to 352 otherwise 335 do we have cruel i know we have kind we have cruel and so we go to 335 unfortunately that's the second in a row we've uh whiffed a host of potential foes stands between you and the rescue of father christmas you're vastly outnumbered at least 10 to 1 if not more and it's surely only a matter of time before one of krampus's minions launches an attack against you if you have Courageous on your sheet, turn to 271. I'm pretty sure we don't. We do not. 481. Uh-oh. But we have the sword. <laughs> A piercing shriek cuts through the night. One of the whirling rag-clad rag hags has spotted you. You're soon surrounded by wailing banshees as well as grotesquely leering imps. The creatures of the Devil's Coven grasp you with their hideously clawed hands and drag you before the Lord of Misrule himself. Gibbering and jabbering excitedly as they do, Krampus rises to his full impressive height before you and in a braying voice demands, Tell me, why are you here, you timorous mouse? You've followed me ever since I left your house. Your heart racing, you stand tall and meet your monster's sinister, caprine gaze. I'm here to save Father Christmas, you tell him. But why would you do that? What is he to you? An aged housebreaker whose time's overdue? Because he brings joy to millions of children all over the world. Because he reminds adults that it's better to give than to receive. And because, most importantly of all, in this instance, it's not a case of the better the devil, better the devil you know. Better the devil you know? You don't know me. But you will soon enough, just you wait and see. I've been around since mankind lived in caves, when beasts ruled the night and fear made them slaves. Before there were saints, I was their master, causing their drums and hearts to be faster. I was the monster out there in the wood. Krampus will get you if you be no good. There was a threat to what mothers would make, and you'd better be good for goodness sake. But then came the light, and then came Christmas, and I was banished, caught into the darkness. Children slept soundly or snug in their beds. Sweet dreams, not nightmares, now filling their heads. And they've become spoiled and selfish, ungrateful. Their manners appalling, their attitude hateful. But I am the one who will punish the haughty. I will decide who is nice and who's naughty. When I'm in charge upon each Christmas Eve, sinners will tremble or they will believe. Children will wish for the old days and hark. People will know they once feared the dark. Christmas is dead, I have made it my pact. From now till Christmas Eve will be called Krampus now. I feel like you've been charging up your 
energy this entire yep. session and it's just <laughs> it's just unleashed from all of the power. I, I am spent. Uh, the special ability, write out one charge of Rhapsody's what? voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good though. If uh, love it, that's this is this is like a really impactful, like satisfying build up to the fight here. Like in in really mm -hmm. a very very satisfying way. Uh, it notes here. If you have at least a use, one use of your naughty or nice spell ability left, turn to four set four fifty seven at once. It doesn't even say Which like we have to. It's we have to do it because we do have yep. one left. We have no choice whatsoever. I also think that might have been one of the reasons that the soul ledger then gives you another charge I of think naughty so or too. nice. Yeah. Krampus leans closer, his long pockmarked tongue writhing from his fanged mouth, as if with a life of its own, and you almost retch at the devil's rancid breath as it comes at you with rancid gusts. You cannot help but meet his horribly bulging yellow eyes and stare into the pinpricks of darkness that are his pupils within. I'll ask you just once. I'll ask you not twice. Have you, my child, been naughty or nice? As you're struggling to resist the devil's hypnotic power, a rich, warm voice reaches your ears. Do not fear, child, it says. For I know where your name would appear in my great book, for you have a good heart and honorable intentions. Father Christmas's encouragement is just what you need to break free of the hold Krampus has over you. Cross off a use of Naughty or Nice and turn to 284. Thanks, Santa. Thanks, Santa. The distraction your intervention has created has weakened Krampus's focus and therefore the power of the enchantment binding Father Christmas. With a spell waning, the big man has managed to free his one of his hands. Putting his fingers between his lips, Father Christmas gives a shrill whistle, and you manage to tear your eyes from the devil's jaundiced gaze in time to see half a dozen reindeer galloping through the sky towards you. Catching the tattered rag hags on the prongs of their antlers, they engage Krampus's minions, giving you a chance you need to bring this dark ritual to an abrupt conclusion. Record the word Kringle on your adventure sheet. Turn to 383. We have Kringle on our adventure sheet. Let's go. That seems like an important one to have. <laughs> mm -hmm. With the diabolical host distracted, it's time to end this. To put it simply, stop the devil and save Christmas. But how do you intend to do that? If you have a mistletoe spear, you will have a number associated with that artifact. Turn to that section now, otherwise 61. Well, 61 for us then. If you have the ledger of souls with you, you'll need the number associated with it. Turn to that section now, otherwise 74. So we turn to page 400 now. 400, exactly. 400. You have my book! Father Christmas suddenly calls out in excitement. Oh, do you happen to have a bell and a candle as well? If you have a bell and a candle, as well as the book, turn to 80. If not, you're going to have to fight the devil in order to rescue Father Christmas. Do we have a candle? I don't think we have a candle. I think uh, I think the candle itself... It, like, I don't think the lantern counts as having a candle in or any such. I think not. <laughs> well, so close, and yet... 74. 74. With which weapon do you intend to finish the Christmas Devil? The blacksmith's axe, the silver sword, or the ice sword frostbite? I mean... Now I'm scared. I, now I'm scared that it's asking, like it's gonna... I assume that... Oh, no, it's, oh, it's just being kind. 
As you battle the Christmas Devil, remember that you add two bonus points when calculating the combat rating, and a successful hit causes one additional point of damage. It's just a, it's just a really nice thing. 328. Mm. I don't think we should turn to 328. 328, 328. I think we should turn to 328. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think we're hungry. You think we're hungry? I mean, I'm down. I think we're pretty hungry. But we should definitely. I, hot dog, hot dog in a cup before. Yep. Hot dog in a cup before Crampy. Yep. There's buff before the raid. Hot dog in a cup. Okay. Uh, do we also want to eat the fully loaded mac and cheese? Top off, get to twenty endurance. Oh, uh, we might as well probably right. Like. Mm hmm. I like it. So 328. Uh, 90 three... endurance. 328. Am I right? It's 328. Okay. If you want to use the pen oh. is mightier ability, cross it off now and turn to 403. If you do not, and you have the code critical written, we don't. Otherwise, turn to 459. Basically, we have one pen is mightier left, right? We do. Do we want to do use we... I guess. I, th I think we should. I guess I'm not sure why. Oh, wait, hang on. Oh, yeah, it says if you want to use him. Yeah, we, ha we, we don't have to, but do you want to? I mean, like, in my head, it's like it's we're kind of, you, we're popping everything we saved up. It's It seems like mm, this is the part where it's like, too. use everything, every, all of the things that you could have gotten as advantages now. Obviously, I fear that this ruins something, but I'm, I'm down to go 403 if you think that we should use... I, I like it. Let's use our 403. Let's use the nice. Or rather, sorry, the pen is mightier. Yeah. In his fury, Krampus stamps his single cloven hoof down hard. In response, the ground suddenly and dramatically splits apart, and an ever-widening fissure zigzags towards you, and you're struck by a gust of hot air rising from the infernal pit beneath as snow turns the steam around it. Take an agility test which is probably the biggest fear. A nine. We fail with a 10. I'm going to write down 403. <laughs> the back of my mind. <laughs> All right. If you fail, turn to 433. If you want to use your naughty or nice, and you still can use it now, we can't. We cannot. 309. Oh, God. Why do I feel like it's the end? Roll a die. If the number is odd or the card is red, 67. Otherwise, it's just pick a card. Queen of Hearts is red. 67. Exhausted as you are, after all your endeavors, your reactions are dulled, and so you do not get out of the way in time. Falling into a yawning gulf, plunging into the hellish pit beneath, never to be seen again. Your adventure ends here with you descending into hell. The end. Oh, so, uh, sorry. It sorry. was a queen of clubs, as it turns out. Actually, that's a black card. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's a 114. It's so easy to get those confused as a thing, you know. It's really easy to get those confused. With all the pressure. So 114? On yeah, 114. Uh, as the opening fissure races towards you, you throw yourself out of the way, uh, never falling in. Picking yourself up again quickly, you charge at Krampus. 
If you want to use the pen is mightier ability now, and you still can, can we? Are we? We're used up, right? Uh, no, we have one more pen is mightier ability left. If it worked so well last time. <laughs> yeah, no, if not, continue your battle with the Christmas Devil, in which you now have the initiative. If you're victorious with the battle with the Anti Santa, turn to one eighty one. I kind of want to just jump on the fact that we have basically a plus three. Yeah. That just seems like a safer bet since last time the pen is mightier didn't really help i mean look we got the initiative for having done this which that's a swing that's one negative from him one positive to us that's big wait oh wait we don't turn to 181 now we fight krampus oh what was his stat mm. block oh okay so 114 181 i'm just writing down both of those Mm-hmm. As I try and just thumb through here, see if I can find combat 10, endurance 14. So we have a plus three, right? Uh, Yes, we've got plus two to hit from the Frostbite Eye Sword. We've got plus one from our initiative, and we have plus nine from combat. So that is plus 12 total. Plus, so, okay, so we have a plus 12... He has 10, an endurance of 14, meaning... And we have an endurance of 20. And we have 20. So meaning... God, we also do plus one damage, because he is definitely a, de yeah. a devil, demon, or one of those two. Yeah, I mean, the book's uh, made to expressly remind us. Christmas so we need devil. to hit, hit him five times. We need five successes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Am I rolling for Crampy? You rolling for us? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Adds a five, so 15. Seems good. Uh, I rolled snake eyes, plus 12 is 14. We take two damage. Oh, no. Okay. Here, let me... Oh, gosh, let me just... Let me just get this sorted. 20 down to 18. He is mm -hmm. 14. Score of 10. All right. Well, we got a lot of tries left. Here we go. Uh, that is a 16. 19 for us. We do two damage. Three damage. Three damage, sorry. All right. Well, that's pretty good. Okay, 15. Not bad. 20. We also do three more damage. All right. <laughs> and the eight. Crampers. This sword's so good. Seven. And this is with us, like, taking a lot of uh, combat penalties, too. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, 17. Uh, and twenty-two. Oh, okay. Why was I worried? All right. Twenty-one. Seventeen. <laughs> Twenty-one. Yeah, we'd be taking another two damage there. All right. The endurance is down to sixteen. Sixteen. Oh God. That is twenty. 19, we take another two. Oh, damage. God. I'm so glad we ate that hot dog in a cup. Yeah, no kidding. Jesus. Raps. Yep. That's a... <laughs> that's a 22. 20, we take two damage. Oh, my God. Losing on a 20 sucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, back to manageable territory. We're at 16. 
17, we win that round. <laughs> He's at his final blow. We look him dead in his goat-like eyes. Uh, 21. 19, he does do more damage to us, taking us down to a difference of 10. I am that fully fullest loaded Mac in our back pocket. That's an that's an eighteen. With a squeal, <gasps> Krampus's head falls from his neck as he takes twenty-two and the final three points. Ooh, baby, so that means we turn to one eighty-one. One eighty-one. You have conquered Krampus. The Christmas devil has been defeated. If you have the word Kringle recorded on your adventure sheet, turn to 347. Yes, we do. Which we do. And then suddenly Father Christmas is there, standing over the defeated devil, looking like some mighty Teutonic god of old. He has he takes hold of one of Krampus's chains and binds the demon with it. As he starts to chant something in what you think might be Latin. As he does so, the top of the hill splits open and you are hit by a gust of scalding air that rises up from its hellish depths. You watch in awe as the saint picks up the demon, raising him above his head before casting his vanquished foe into the pit with a shout of, Be gone, Satan! Turn to 500. Oh, baby. The anti-Santa defeated, his coven banished, and Father Christmas safe once more. The saint thanks you for coming to his rescue. What'll you do now? You ask him. Krampus and his cronies have ruined everything. <laughs> it's nothing that can't be repaired or rebuilt. Father Christmas assures you, his ancient eyes twinkling. But what about this Christmas? What about it? He asks. There isn't enough time left for you to finish delivering your presents. For Father Christmas, there's always just enough time. But I agree, we have to hurry. We? You gasp, flabbergasted. <laughs> you weren't planning on walking home, were you? Chuckles the big man. Returning to his workshop, Santa tethers the reindeer to his sleigh once more and you join him in the driver's seat. Now dash on, now dance on, now prancer and vixen. On Comet, on Cooper, on Donner, on Blitzen. He shouts as he pulls on the reins. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all! More rapid than eagles, his coursers take to the air, pulling the sleigh after them and leaving the Arctic wilderness far behind in the blink of an eye. As you soar through the sky faster than a rocket, you peer over the side... You peer over the side and through the gaps in the clouds hurtling past you. You catch glimpses of seas, fields, forests, and towns until suddenly you're descending again, and at their master's command, the reindeer alight outside your house. In a daze, your mind a whirl, you climb down onto the snowy ground in front of your own front door. Father Christmas gives you a smile and a wink. I'll be seeing you again, my friend. He says, laying a finger aside his nose. He gives a shrill whistle. The reindeer take off in a flurry of snow. And away they fly once more. As if they were all as weightless as thistledown. You watch them go from inside the house. You hear the grandfather clock in the hall chime one. For a moment you see the sleigh silhouetted against the glowing orb of the moon. Before it vanishes from sight altogether. And the echo 
of a booming shout reaches your ears. Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night! The end! We did it! Woo! With, with only one tiny little fudge that I thought too, I don't feel too bad about. Not even slightly. Not even slightly. I needed to persist through to the end there. That has been a damn good time! Oh, that was lovely. Again, massive shout out, uh, Jonathan Green. JonathanGreenAuthor.com. J-O-N Jonathan. Uh, greenauthor.com he's got a whole bunch of uh books like this to check out as well as like an entire role-playing game based around the twas uh mythos i suppose is what you would say which is very very cool so again mm. huge thank you for uh for you know saying hey yeah go right ahead go for it very exciting i had a blast i love the extra little like meaty elements that you know we had to employ everything and you know mm -hmm. it's, it's fun to do a big special chunky uh what was this called uh what kind of what kind of episode was this three and a half hour callback of turn to page it's been a lot of fun i i really enjoyed it um i don't know i don't know what to say very very good time really really great great time uh that was incredible fun. I, I I am so deeply curious as to what a lot of the other paths do, and I imagine I'm going to be kind of tearing into that a little bit after uh, we end the recording session here at the moment. Yeah. Uh, speaking thereof, though, I will say, for those of you that might be looking for this uh, podcast on a you know different app that you might necessarily be looking at it, or maybe you're looking to find us on a website or on message, where would they be able to do that, Rita? Uh, if I parsed everything correctly, I would say that mm. youtube.com slash at turn to page cast is by far the best YouTube source to catch a, uh, uh, the video podcast, which I think the majority of the listeners are there. Uh, so if you're listening to any of this on a, a different channel, know that that, that place is where it's going to be continually uploaded if it ever is like slow to come out somewhere else or it doesn't come out somewhere else know to look there uh as well mm -hmm. as making sure to check all of the streaming platforms we're on pretty much every major one that you would think of and if you have any contact that you would like to make with the turn to page podcast specifically turn to page cast at gmail.com is the direct line i know that sometimes yeah it's like with uh with podcasts if you're listening on a streaming site it's like well how do i you know how do i get the message out because like you can't check those million websites that's the way to do it turn to pagecast at gmail.com as well as a twitter of at turn to pagecast uh as well uh, but yeah any any other final final thoughts final closing words none in particular this was an incredible time thank you again to jonathan green and uh to our lovely narrator thank you much oh well thank you very much for sending shivers down my spine with the krampus monologue that i will remember for christmases to come but alas pleasure. uh that's that that's gonna do it here for turn to page so stay tuned new episodes every week here uh returning back to uh give yourself goosebumps but it was really fun to do a special bonus episode it's kind of a taste of like generally other types of things you might see here in the future post post give yourself goosebumps uh you know uh chronology so 
hopefully mm-hmm. it was exciting. I, I had a lot of fun with it, but that's going to do it. Uh, thank you for, for listening here today. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Adios, y'all.